So we've gotten some feedback over the years that our listeners really like these uh, sorts of exorcisms. And uh, although that sounds very strange and extreme, um, it's it's obviously not a real exorcism. It is a thought exorcism or a belief exorcism. Um, because even though the three of us know each other so well, we all, no matter who you are, have blind spots and have beliefs or values that de- develop around those blind spots that can leave you to wanting something or thinking something is best for you or your business. And whenever one of us casually mentions that on the podcast with each other, the other two are usually pretty quick to go, whoa, what was that? <laughs> and that is exactly what happens in this episode. Uh, I'm not going to give any more away than that. And uh, really interested to hear what you guys think and maybe sharing with us where these conversations have happened with you or your uh, you know, tightly knit community or whoever you have your weekly call with. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals, for the most part, with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself this fight that you're in this is what will make you stronger. Okay, unpopular opinion. Best movie of all time. And I've been saying this literally since I was seven years old. So this is consistent for me. Black Hawk Down. Yeah. It's a good movie. Okay. All right, fine. Fine, I'll watch it. You think it's worth watching over a documentary? I've... Yes. What? All right. Dude, I've read the book which is based on true events, the movie is very accurate. It gets right there. Also, and, uh, yeah. All right, all right. Well, well, basically, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating when I've seen that movie more than 365 times. Okay, that's and, just John Morgan no, behavior. No, 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 no. no. Do just... you know how I know there's no hyperbole? Because I legitimately would put that movie in to fall asleep growing up. I was so that why is that? Movie. Why would you want me to watch a movie that would put me to sleep? No, 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 no. Like I was just that obsessed with the movie. I'd put it in. I would rewind it almost exactly thirty minutes on the dot, right when the actions would start, and boom, I'd be falling asleep to Army Men. Okay, dude, that's Inter- crazy. Interesting, interesting. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. So, yo, so John, John, you said earlier that you you put more money into Meta and more money into Smith and Wesson which is interesting because I was listening. So there's this uh, gentleman, his name is Alex Hermosi. I probably heard of him like uh, a year ago. He's the owner of Acquisition or Acquisitions.com. It's one or the other, the two different companies, but he basically- That's a good domain, Jesus. You know, they're two different domains with two very successful people who do very similar things. I'm talking about Alex Hermosi. 
And well, either he, way, both those are good domains. Yo, are, are you serious? There's two different business businesses. Dude, and they're extremely successful. Both of them. acquisitions.com and then oh, acquisition.com. Wow. And they both also provide a lot of free value up front. And they were- could you imagine being the dude who just didn't buy both? <laughs> like, like I don't know which guy came first, but like, could you imagine? I have no idea. Like you got to you got to get the plural on that, you know. I know. Either way, okay, on this guy, okay, what, what what was he doing? So he he got to start uh, by helping gym owners who have less than three employees grow their gym so that they can make a six figure income. So That's he would a nice fly. Niche. Yeah, so he'd fly in and do all that, and he built up his business. He built up like a a program for them. He built up like a mastermind. He was extremely successful. Then when he started making money. He wanted to level up to the next level of that because, you know, he started making like a million a year, wasn't happy, wanted to go to a bit more, as you should be. And this is one of the things I wanted to ask both of you guys. But um, then he entered the acquisition space where he started buying specific Private businesses. Equity? Yeah, he would buy equity with specific businesses that come his way and he would help them scale from 3 million to 10 million. So that was his other niche. Anyways, extremely successful guy. I think he's like in his early 30s. His net worth just hit 100 million. Him and his wife make around four to five million dollars a year passively with little effort. And his girl, his wife bought him a gift. Four one-on-one calls with Grant Cardone. Each call, so four hours with Grant Cardone one-on-one. Each hour costs $30,000. Okay, he uploaded one of those coaching calls. Yeah, yeah. To get one-on-one call with Grant Cardone, it's thirty thousand dollars for the hour. You shaking your head? What's what's up? What's that face? Well, like, did, does this guy know the intelligent investor is thirty dollars? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's a reader. You sure? Like, did yeah. he just not know? No, he wanted to talk to Grant Cardone. He wanted to pick his brain. He's like a person he looked up to. He'd met him a couple of you times. Know, you know, I shouldn't even talk shit. I mean, that makes sense. No, honestly. you shouldn't. Like, you know, okay, if, good. If, a, if, a lunch, if a lunch for Warren Buffett goes for a few million, it makes sense that an hour with yes. Grant Cardone goes for, for 30000 By the way, I looked it up, and it's acquisition.com is Alex Hermosi. And then acquisitions is like literally the exact same thing. That's so insane. Like, it's a different website. Both same. very, like both people that I like, study as well like alex ramos is on the people that i'm studying because the track for trade arc is i want to start by helping contractors go from zero to a million and then contractors that want to go beyond that i want to actually help them scale to that point and if i get really good at doing that i want to start buying and flipping contracting businesses it it make it makes sense because you know if you look at how most people get rich it's not off of selling a service it's off of equity in a business okay so 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 here's here's the thing and this is why I bring this up. This is all tied in, which is to me, John, you have a clear cut plan to what you do with your wealth. Every dollar you make is planned out for. Well, not not quite, but close. But but like when you say close, are you like 100 percent of the way there? Like, where are you out of that 100 percent? Like you're 90 no, no, percent. I, I disagree that it's like it's like I mean, there's a reasonable plan. I just you made it seem like I, I'm trying to like almost downplay what myself. I'm not I'm not that planned out. <laughs> no, but like if fifty thousand dollars entered your bank account, at least 40, 40,000 of it would have somewhere to go. OK, you know? yeah, yeah. I guess if you, yeah, if you gave me more money, I would know exactly where I'd want to put it. Yes. So on the coaching call with Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone was able to identify that Alex did not have that. Whenever Alex made more money, he would have something he would put into like a Vanguard ETF. 
but then most of it he'd keep in cash. And he wanted to get into real estate. He had some real estate deals, but it wasn't totally figured out. And See, that's wait. So what do you mean? So he he, he mainly sits on cash. Um, not mainly. He has a lot of like places to go, but it's not as clear cut as he wants it to be. Because like we're talking about like what's the difference between like you know the top the the three hundredth best golfer of all time and the the top two best golfers of all time? It's like small percentages that make the okay, biggest sure. difference. So Grant Cardone was actually pointing out that the reason maybe Alex was not willing to 10x his business or go even deeper with his business is because he didn't have a plan for his wealth. The money that was coming his way, he just didn't know what to do. So it caused a second order consequence that it caused like either confusion or a scarcity mindset, or there was just friction introduced there because that area was not solved for him. So Grant was- his he, advice, he didn't have a plan for his money. Exactly. So Grant's advice for him you know, one of the advices that he gave on that one hour call is you need to get to have a clear cut plan for your money. Every dollar that comes in, you need to like not even think twice on where it needs to go because then it'll take away that f- friction that Grant was able to pick up on, which is he didn't what, know what, what he to mean by, sorry, what does he, what, what does Grant mean by it? Like, um, need to know where it goes. Like I'm, I'm that part. I'm kind yeah. Of confused so if you're making anywhere, anywhere from $10,000 a year to $10 million a year, the more money you make, if you don't have a plan for it, it will become kind of like a headache, like a, like another thing that you have to solve. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously, you don't really want to make more money because you don't, you don't even know what to do with the money with you right now. Well, I guess, it, I mean, I guess it, I suppose it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, like, this is this is for a person who's like wants to go past like the million dollar net worth. Like if you're trying to get into like the 10, 100, a billion dollars, like you need to have a plan. I suppose what you're talking about is is just capital allocation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex needs a, a better plan for his capital allocation. Well, yeah, clearly the clearly, I mean this is just without a doubt, the richest people in the world are people that are good at allocating capital. Yeah. And and whether for- it be human capital, whether it be, you know, actual, you know, money um humans you you know uh re- just any sort of resource in general i mean yeah but there's know, even but there's Elon different Musk. levels there's like there's like money in your company and then there's money that would be going towards you and like like extra money that's i suppose that. although in in saying that though the richest people invest through companies like no 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 i get that it's so I'll... much more tax favorable okay let i me guess what, what am i missing here what am i missing here what I, what i'm missing is when i was thinking for myself it's like I actually, I, I used to have a clear cut plan, but like there's not enough deals coming in from Matt Andrews. There's not enough information I have about the stock market. There's not enough of a plan for me that, you know, once I start making a lot more money, I actually have no idea where it's going to go. So it's making me a well, little bit like one. Do you like, have the ability to reinvest back into your business? Um, it's not unlimited. It's not infinite. No, I understand. But are you? I do have that order? ability. Yeah, but it's not like as infinite as you think. Well, I, I don't think it's infinite. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know your business. So I, there's, there's no thoughts over here. So don't worry about that. No, I'm saying um, like what, what reinvestment opportunities are there within your business? Like, so for example, like within painting, I could, you know, I could buy some company vehicles. I could, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I suppose there's capital expenditures, right? But then there's also like what, you know, I could, I could invest in my business as in I could, you know, either spend more on, on branding. You know, I could maybe spend more, more advertising to try and build a better brand in Kelowna. Um, I could maybe buy a physical location, things like that. Now, whether those are good or bad investments, you know, that that's where the math would come out. But like, what kind of reinvestment opportunities are there within a consulting business? 
Well, there's um, there's the obvious one, which is spending more on marketing. But the problem is, it's like if you spend more on marketing, it can actually break. So you can have like if you if you don't if you do it too fast or not the right way, you can have extremely you can get diminishing returns very very quickly on your money. So you you would you would think going from spending a hundred dollars a day to a thousand dollars a day is like an easy thing. It's really not. It's really not. Like mm. there's like so many steps to go. Like for like for no, me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, cool. And then the other thing that I would spend money on is like um, uh, just appointment setters and closers. So eight point callers and estimators is the equivalent for my business. Mm. Would you consider uh, that an investment into your business, or would you consider that just like operation costs essentially? Yeah, I like, guess because I'd consider that just a labor expense. I wouldn't sure. really consider that necessarily an investment unless they were building something. Like so, for example. You know, you I, I, you you could argue that if you hired a bunch of engineers to build something, you could argue, you know, from an accounting standpoint, that's that's chalked up as a labor expense, which is is d- deducted directly from your current in your current income, which reduces your taxes. But it could be seen as an investment into the future as well, right? It so you could, could yeah. add benefit of it not being labeled as a capital. Exp- that's a beautiful thing about hiring labor to as an investment is because it's deducted directly from your your current uh, year's uh, earnings. It's not it's not labeled as a capital expense. Whereas yeah. if you were to go and buy equipment, you you pay for it with after tax dollars, um, and then you you can depreciate it over time. Yeah, there's like a bunch of technical accounting guru stuff that you've learned just from reading bank statements that I'm yet to learn fully. But um, the third bucket that I would spend money on is like just research and development. So buying and consuming and investing in all the best trainings that exist in the contracting industry. Either from invest in friend, yourself. Oh, dude, hundred percent. Like, I'll go buy my competitor's program and reverse engineer it. I'll go buy franchising systems if needed. Like, once we're making enough money, I per guess month, that's like, where you would have to be super careful because you can very quickly get into some very expensive programs that are highly questionable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I have to do my due diligence. Like your industry is like just full of tripwires. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of gunk. I think I've gotten good at finding gunk and sorting through it and i don't just go blindly into stuff anymore no i know i get that i get that but like there's but there's not a lot of like predators in the painting world that are like trying to like seek out like me trying to give them a hundred thousand dollar coaching call or like sorry they're (laughs) they're trying to like like you know there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of people like even though there's people making just as much money in painting as any other industry you know there's not like there's like there's no like there's no like painting guru who's like give me a hundred thousand dollars for you know an hour of my time or something crazy like that right but like in the consulting industry i feel like there's there's readily people that are available that are like willing to take your money for crazy amounts like i remember a good buddy of mine when we when i was in my grant cardone phase hammer i went to like 10x growth conference and went i remember yeah yeah and i remember having a buddy that spent i think it was close to a hundred thousand dollars getting coaching from from Ty Lopez. Oh. Yeah, you dropped his name before. I don't know if you want to drop it again, but yeah. That's crazy. He didn't get yeah, did, my buddy he didn't, Alec. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. It's just like did if he did he get $101,000 worth of value if he did, then that's kind of Well, worth it. well, I I don't know if he well, no, it's no. I mean, I'll say right now, if, if he could take that same $100,000 and, you know, I mean, everything's an opportunity cost, right? I mean, but if you could take that same $100,000, you know, I'm sure if if you could look back in time and take the same hundred thousand dollars, and I think I know what you're going to say to this, but if you could take the same hundred thousand dollars, I'm sure that there was better uses of that money, right? Yeah, may, maybe, but a lot of it is also I don't know what this individual did with the coaching. I I don't know if I'll be quick to discount Ty Lopez himself versus like the person who's also doing the 
program. Like we all know people. No, I'd be, I would be, I would be very quick to discount a hundred thousand dollar uh, coaching. Like I would be very quick to dismiss that. Like I certainly wouldn't be like, oh, it's probably. Like, I wouldn't lean on the side of like it's probably worth it. <laughs> why not? Why, why, why you don't have that goodwill? Well, Matt, the, uh, sorry, uh, not Matt. I don't know why I just called you Matt. That's the weirdest thing. Um, no, Ammer. Like, just let's whip out a quick investment calculator. So, like, he was like, I think twenty. I want to say twenty two at the time. Twenty three, maybe at the at the very latest. So, like at twenty three, I don't know. So it's say twenty seven years. Okay, like until he's fifty. If you take a hundred thousand dollars, okay. Uh. And you just compound that at like let's say seven percent annually, no 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 additional contributions. Okay, what do you get? So five hundred and twenty one thousand dollars over twenty seven years. Would, that's how much he would earn in interest. So you'd have six hundred twenty one thousand. But so five hundred twenty one grand. So twenty seven years. Yeah, over twenty seven years. Just but hold on, just but from doing literally just putting in an index. So there's no time cost, nothing. Sure. So, I guess. When when Alex fifty and we ask him, hey, do you think that that Ty Lopez course earned you an additional five hundred thousand dollars? I guess we'll find out. My bet is probably not. Now, well, did he stay in the same industry? Is he still iterating? So, hold on, on the hold, same on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I I know where you're coming from, but I'm what I'm saying is is that I don't know if you, I I don't think it's fair to put it all on Ty. And and and, I, and I'm not saying that Ty sold him a bad course or offered bad coaching or any of that. Okay, good. But I'm saying, did Alec get a good return on his investment? Probably not. Like that, unrelated to Ty's skill. Like for example, I could hire you, Ammer. I could spend a ton of money on you if I don't follow your coaching. I get a bad return on my investment, regardless of whether you're a good coach or not. So that's the point you're making. That's it. Yeah, I'm saying you have to be fucking careful because you can spend a hundred. Like, sure, okay, I'm sure, saying sure, if you sure, put a hundred thousand, it's it. You can't possibly fuck up putting a hundred grand in an ETF. Like, there's a like there's a zero percent chance you somehow fuck that up. Like, you either buy the ETF or you don't buy it, right? Like, so th- there's so sure. <laughs> I'm saying you understand what I'm saying, but you can fuck up paying a hundred thousand dollar coaching. Like, if you're I not do. in the right mindset for a hundred thousand dollar coaching, it's gonna yes. get pissed away. So I'm saying yes. you gotta be careful yes. in, in your industry because you can spend a lot of money very quickly. And, and not, not get the return. return on your investment. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unrelated to the, the skill of the coaching. Unrelated to that. Sure. Okay. okay. I agree. Because later this year, like, I'm going to reach a ceiling within my business that to get to the next level, I'm going to have to spend some money on, like, even closer training to be surrounded with even better business owners, get into a closer You really circle. think so? Um, as, I, I as, of today, as of today, as of today... My opinion is yes, as of today. Man, I, I just like. <sighs> there's, there's like, but like, I mean, like, look at man, like, I mean, like, think about how many books you could read. Like, you could pay like for a hundred thousand dollars of coaching, like you could take a whole month off work and just read a book a day. And I, man, I just I have a heart. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you could pick, you could pick the right books. Are you just looking at the alternatives? Yeah, I, I do. Everything's an opportunity cost, right? A hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, man. So th- there, there's this guy who, who's one of his clients are some people in SpaceX as well as Mr. Beast, and his main offering is that he will help you stick to your perfect daily routine for six months, 
or your money back. And he charged $25,000 for that. <laughs> or Dude, money back. a good back. girlfriend is like, a good girlfriend's like maybe two grand a month. That's at least, that's at least a 50% discount. And you get sex. So you're saying you can, you can get that through <laughs> Hold other means. Up. Pause, pause, pause. Please explain that. How is the good girlfriend two grand a month? I just like, I, I get your point, but I want to know the dollar figure. I'm saying, I bet you could find if like, I bet like as a male, I bet you could start courting a female and start spending like, like <laughs> pretty lavishly, start spending two grand a month. And I'm sure you'd have a, a pretty good time. Yo, that's actually, and if, you just, your if point, you just said, Hey, I, I, I can't dating, determine whether or not can I you start, hold, can you start holding me accountable? You know, <laughs> It's, it's i'm kind of partially joking i mean no i know but I, I i know you're partially joking but i also see your point where um i'm just look at i i look at i i'm always questioning value versus price i mean i'm always going to be that yeah, guy of course. Gonna be like how much no, am i paying for how much value yeah Amber, what's this uh who is it with mr beast that does this for 25 grand um i can dig up his name again what is but- his name he, he he's a guy so the 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 next level that i want to get into like with the coaching that i'm considering is like the quantum level of consulting.com where there's 99 other business owners where the bare minimum that they do in profit is $100,000 a month in profit mm. so and those guys are really experts at building systems around their program around their offering as well as uh having clear cut structures and good salespeople and good appointment setters and good ads and, and good funnels that they're able to do that consistently year over year. So if I was to well, Amber, how many of these guys, like how long have these guys, like, I mean, first of all, like how long has, uh, like how long have these guys been in business doing these numbers? Because one thing I just want to be very clear about is averages, averages over time. Averages, so. man. I of hear course. all the time people talk about how much money they're making, but like, it's like what's the talk, average? No, but most people I find when you ask them how much they're going to make, they project how yeah. much they're going to make the following year. I know to the I maximum know. amount. I know, and, and, and we've talk about talked about much, this. Yeah, but if you t- yeah, but but if you ask someone any online business, if you ask how much they're making, they're going to tell you their best month and act as if it's that's how much they make monthly, right? Like C's Candy, for example, which is like obviously has a seasonality to it doesn't talk about their income only in December when everyone's buying Christmas chocolate. Sure. They, yeah. they make an annual profit. Well, yeah. One of the things that in the group is you post your year averages. So when you're, when you're joining, you post your year averages. So some months they'll make 200, other months they'll do 50, but they'll show their like actual accounts, like their Stripe processing, like their payment processor. And they'll show, hey, look, we processed 2.4 million. A million of that was profit. And it's like, oh, okay, so he's doing around 80, 80 No, I know, but when you say that these guys that are making $100,000 a month, how long have they been making $100,000 a month? That's what I'm saying. It's like over a year. Like, they will show their yearly average. So it's like if they're doing... No, that, I know, but so then how, how many, many years, years have they been doing that? Some, some guys, two years, Like, some for guys, example, Smith & Wesson made something like $330 mm. million dollars last year. They're not going to make anywhere close to that anytime soon, ever. Like, it could be another 10 years before they, where they get anywhere close to that. But it would be disingenuous for me to be like, yeah, dude, Smith went messing me $300 million last year. No, no, they're not going to make that much. It's highly unlikely that in the next 10 years, they even get anywhere close to that. Sure. Okay. So you're saying average. You, you see where I'm coming careful. from? I do. I do. I yeah, really do. Yeah, but it's super disingenuous though to like to say how much someone made 
like their most recent numbers. Like I'd love yeah, to find of out course. how much these guys are I agree, and I'm not ago. doing that. I'm not doing that. That's why like, well, I agree no, with you. You're, no, no, hold on. Amber, 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 Amber. Let's just slow down. Your sales pitch to this group started with how much these guys make monthly. So it kind of matters. Like if if your opening pitch to this group is that they make $100,000 a month, it seems logical to be like, well, how long have they been making that? Like how many months? Like if it, yeah, no, how many years? <laughs> sure, yeah. Okay, so I guess if I said, oh, these guys are doing this much per year, I guess that would have been a better way to communicate it. No, but. just in terms of like how long their track record is. Like even even for myself, like, and I'm sure you, John, too, right? Like every year, there hasn't been a year that goes by where you haven't done more than the previous year, I don't think, right? Yeah. I think that odds are, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I want to formally bet against you, but I would say like you're bound to have a year in the next 10 years that is less than the year before. It's, it's quite possible, right? Um, it depends on, I mean, it depends on what the, what the metrics is, like whether it's profit or revenue or et cetera, but yeah, yeah, it's high. It's highly likely, but also different industries have different boom times at different times. Yeah, like, yeah. so for example, like, do you know how many guys were probably selling internet stock courses in 1999? Dude, it was fucking insane. Like, I bet I bet there were so many gurus that were selling fucking consulting courses for like, dude, here's how you pick fucking uh, internet stocks, right? Well, it kind of mattered that, that it was a flash in the pan. Like, you wouldn't want to be that dude who's paying $100,000 for a coaching call in 19 or in year 2000 and it's fucking six months later you know the nasdaq's down you know 80 mm-hmm. percent. it kind of fucking matters right the timing of these things definitely matter right yeah i see what you're pointing to do you, you, cool. do you see what i'm saying like i, I just do. like i'm just so i come from a place of skepticism of like dude like 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 show me the data level. yeah but dude like, no, don't get caught just, on the name, man. Dude, no, I am going to get caught on the name, dude. I am going to get caught on the name, man. I'm, I'm going to get caught on the name, dude. You think Warren Buffett ever had a quantum level fucking investment course? No, dude. It just, it didn't happen, man. Like, I got you. I Warren, see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, if you go look at Warren Buffett's things, they weren't selling each other courses. Like, what the, f- no, they had fucking smart people that met together because they all offered value to one another. Yeah, yeah, th- th- this like, isn't a course. This is like a mastermind. Yeah, but Amber, I've literally never read, like, I've never read a biography of, a, of, a, of an American capitalist. I've never met an investor, okay? I mean, the only exception is the is the charity lunch with uh, Warren Buffett, okay? With the exception of that, I've never heard of someone paying $100,000 for a coaching. Like, it just, you know what I mean? Like, Okay, but th- just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, and there's people who've no, done of it. course not, of okay. course not, of course, Amber, of course. But like, Here, here's what I'm hearing. Maybe, but maybe a, but Amber, you would think that a like, I mean, like, and I, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but like, genuinely, do you know anyone else that has read maybe more biographies? Like, personally, no. Okay, anyone that's read no, as many obviously biographies not. Are, no, no. Okay, do you not think that at one point in time that maybe just maybe I would come across it one time? like you know what i mean like it, it it certainly hasn't been a formula that's been there's been no pattern so there is i mean um who are these uh hold on the there so do you know the the guy behind think and grow rich napoleon hill napoleon hill you know originally he was commissioned by carnegie for 20 years to study like the top business magnets during the time. And he infiltrated a lot of secret societies, fraternities and all that and surrounded himself with this 
a lot of wealthy people. I forgot what it's called. Are they called the blue group? Blue people? Sure. Something, something. But that, I mean, that exists. Those are some of the people, some of the biographies you've read. They, they're always, they're part of these, uh, Ammer, these Ammer. I am, I am, I am more than open to the idea. Like, I mean, this, like, this is like, you know, we, we chat here, we learn from one another, right? All I'm saying Okay. Is show me the data over time. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just be extremely prudent before paying someone for something that's called quantum level coaching. It could be called anything. It doesn't matter. Like you're way too close to it. I mean, if, if, if like if like put it this way, if you were to go explain this to my grandmother that you're gonna go pay my guy a hundred thousand dollars for a quantum level coaching, she'd be like, wait, you should probably slow down there, you know? <laughs> yeah, can we get your grandmother on the podcast though? She sounds like a very uh, nah, she intellectual wouldn't do it. person. She wouldn't do she it. She probably wouldn't do it. No, she wouldn't do she it. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. Damn. But um, okay, okay, we no. could probably we could probably check it. But okay, but hold on, Amber, Amber, Amber. But okay, what do you think I'm saying? Like, because it sounds like I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm feeling a lot of resistance in the conversation. Really? So, oh, like, yeah. Here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Amber. There's definitely ways that you can invest money and get value back. All I'm asking as a favor is don't get too caught up in the hype. Don't try to, you know, feel like you're there's a FOMO when you're making this, this investment. Be prudent, plan around it, and look at your opportunity cost of that money. Yeah, yeah, Amber, put it this way: a um, hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and, and I'm assuming this is Canadian. I'm just, and I don't even know if we're even talking about the right number. I mean, but it's not. You know, it, it's like forty thousand. Okay, okay, but so you, you would think about how much information you would have to acquire for $40,000 to be worthwhile. So like, for example, if, if you were buying uh, a business, okay, and you wanted, let's say, a 10% return on your money, okay, that means that you're buying, like, so we, in order for you to justify a purchase of $40,000, you'd have to buy a business for $400,000, right? Like, so if you're buying like a 10 cap property in real estate, and, and you were putting, right, so $400,000. As like a down payment, I I guess I'm just lost on what you mean by that. To justify a forty thousand dollar investment, you need a ten cap. What is that? I actually just generally don't understand what you said. Think about how much it would take to earn forty thousand dollars in your business. Here's that's like a different approach. Think about how much effort it takes to earn, to make forty thousand dollars, and think about how fast it takes to spend the forty thousand dollars on coaching. Okay, done. What are you going to gain with that $40,000? Like what information are you thinking you're going to acquire that then is going to have an impact on your business to justify spending 40 grand? Like how much more additional money do you think you'll make from spending the $40,000? And how long do you think that will be durable? So for example... Let's say you bought some information from someone for $40,000 and it allowed you to make, let's say, 10% more money this year, okay? But if the information is only valid for one year, it's not actually a good investment. So like, let's say, like, I'm just going gonna, gonna to make up some numbers. I mean, these are just clean cut numbers, so they're not, this is not actually accurate, but just hypothetically, okay? Let's say you right now are making $100,000 a year, okay? 
And we're not even talking about Amr. Let's just talk about a individual. Okay, so a individuals make $100,000. Some coach comes along and says, hey, I can increase your, your profits by 50%. Okay, uh, or let's say, what's, uh, that's maybe unrealistic. Let's say, uh, 10, let's say 10%, okay? Well, actually, no, let's even go, let's even go with the aggressive 50% claim, okay? He's like, I can increase your profits by 50%. And he's like, really? Fuck, okay, that's insane. So right now he's making, you know, $9,000 roughly a month. He's like, I'll increase by 50%. Well, that sounds good, but what if the durability of that information, as in the effectiveness of it, is, an, you know, because take in mind, he's selling this information to other people, right? So, and he's selling it to other consultants, right? So if this information is available for $40,000, right? I mean, is the, is a consultant building in, building in scarcity to his program in the sense that he's not going to sell it to other people that ask for it as well? Right? Like, is he going to do like a, a declining scale on his pricing? So he's selling it to you for 40, but then the next guy he can't sell, he's going to give it to 30. So there's no scarcity to this information. So as you can imagine, what competitive advantage would you the, possibly... There is. It's it's limited by for 99 members a year. I, fair enough, Amber. And then do you think that maybe you might tell someone or someone else might tell someone? You know, all I'm saying is the durability of that information doesn't... I would I would question the, the durability of the information. As in, how much of a competitive advantage could you really acquire for $40,000? Where did this guy get his information from? Because that's kind of important as well. Like, did he get it from some like... You know, if you got it from quantum level, did he get it from like optics, you know, crypto level? You know what I mean? Like, it's through his personal experience. But do, you, but do you understand where I'm coming from? Where it's like, the, yes. so not only does it matter. So even if you were able to increase your profit by 50%, what if it was only uh, 50% for three months, right? Was it then still a worthy investment? What if it drops off afterwards because the competitive advantage that you did acquire was not durable, right? Because... Anything you can buy for forty thousand dollars doesn't really seem like it's gonna be a, it's gonna give you a durable competitive advantage, right? Whereas it seems right, it seems like if you were to take that same hundred thousand dollars and reinvest in your own business, developing your own competitive advantage that you weren't gonna share with anyone else, that seems to be like a way better investment. Mm. That seems like you know you know what I mean. I do actually, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, where would you spend forty thousand dollars on like better information? That would that would make sense to you. Well, I, this is where like, this is where like, maybe we could get into your business model a little bit because I don't really like your business model. Like where, where is there potential for competitive advantages within the consulting business? Pardon me? Like usually, so like, like, okay, like, so it's, what's what's word this differently. So like, um, in the consulting business, where are there opportunities where you could have lower costs than your competitors or have the ability to charge more? What do you mean where? Like where in, in my infrastructure or in my backend operations? Like for, like, for exa- like for example, why is it that you think Netflix can charge significantly more than all of their competitors? Like I don't, as far as I know, I don't, like, uh, I don't know if there's anything, I don't know if there's any other streaming service that's as expensive as Netflix, right? Like I think isn't, I don't know how much Netflix like charges. Plus, I think it's like 17 bucks. I mean, maybe oh, wow. it's not the best example. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's not the best example because we're not really on that space. But um, well, it's because they have the most well, customers. Like, they have the network. Okay, but look at the iPhone. Like the iPhone, for example. Okay, like the iPhone's an interesting thing because to if someone was to try and build the same iPhone, I would imagine that Apple would be able to build theirs for less because they have an economies of scale because they're building more iPhones than anyone else is. So even if someone tried building the exact same phone, they would still, because here's what a competitive advantage really is. If you think about it, a competitive advantage is, is, uh, is 
your ability to price something at zero well, while your competitors would be losing money. So, so like, what's your break-even point? So, like, for example, if I'm able to charge, um, uh, this is going to get too complicated, but, like, at what point can Apple reduce the price of their iPhone such that anyone that was trying to compete with them wouldn't actually be able to produce the iPhone and make a profit, right? So, and, and then that spread yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. advantage. You're talking about, Does like, that the, make sense? yeah, you're talking about Coca-Cola makes a cent off each, like, uh, like, bottle yeah, they yeah, sell exactly, like who right? else yeah, can yeah, do yeah. that but like they were yeah, able no, to, yeah, to squeeze everybody example, out. right yeah but that's because they're they're either able to charge more or they reduce or a combination of charge more and or they have lower costs so i'm saying in your because i mean effectively uh, what it can i mean businesses compete for profits so if you have a competitive advantage it gives you an ability to produce more profits in a sustainable way compared to your competitors right so where where are things within your business that you you know be able to lower your your costs right like what are and then i guess to quote warren buffett what is the number one cost of a consulting business right like so for i'll give you just a really good brief example so in the gun industry the number one cost is material as in whoever buys the whoever whoever manufactures the most guns okay all things being equal because i mean there's there's equipment and there's there's uh uh, you know, distribution centers, et cetera. But, but the number one cost is raw materials, okay? And so if you manufacture the most guns, you buy the most raw materials, you can negotiate the best pricing for the raw materials. Therefore, you can either charge less for your guns and sell more, or you can, you know, charge more because you can have lower I, costs. I know the so answer. you can make more profit. I know the answer. Yeah, so what's the number, what's the largest cost of a consulting business? It's the time spent sorting, refining, and um, organizing good information for your customer. That. Uh, what do you mean? Like you mean like the course itself? Well, the contents of the program. So like, actually have better information, videos, resources, spreadsheets, scripts, templates. Do you think? Do you, do you think so though? Because, because. Like, cause it, here, here's something, I mean, again, I'm, I'm just coming from the outside, so maybe I'm totally off here, but doesn't it seem like that's almost the thing that has, the, gives you the least competitive advantage? I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems, is it easy to steal someone else's content? I mean, if they've gone through. Like no one can steal Coca-Cola's drink, right? Cause there's trademarks and things like that. So like, like. No one, like, even if you made the exact same Coke, put it, you just, you can't, you le legally cannot put it in the same can. So you actually legally can't steal Coca-Cola's because, because their value is in the brand, not the, like, not what's in the can, but what's actually on the can. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So, but you, whereas you're arguing that what's valuable for you is what's in the can. But to me, that seems like it's easy to steal. Mm. Like what's stopping from someone just, I mean, even what you said, mm. you said that you were going to buy one of your competitors courses and steal from you. Well, that's what they're probably doing to you as well. So like, how is that like, so you could spend all of this time and some guy could just rip you off like that tomorrow. Then it's definitely our brand and our ability to constantly deliver high quality results through not just the content, but through the support that we have. Amr, um, with Sam Ovens, who I think we've used as a, as a good comparable, or I guess something that you always keep in mind when you're building your course to some extent, right? Um, Used to, yeah, yeah. Like as, it was like yeah, the foundation. I don't really sure. know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so would mm. you, do you know that, do you know if Sam Ovens built the entire course himself solo? 
No, the way he did it was he 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 had like a um, his own marketing firm where he did like advertising for like plumbers and different websites, mm. and then he invested in himself and bought a whole bunch of programs on like how to better manage your mindset, how to better run Facebook ads, how to better run and organize your uh, funnels, and then he just combined them all into this one system. And then he just got really, really, really good at developing his brand and selling it. Mm, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but so, but but so, but Sam Ovens' greatest advantage is is the brand Sam Ovens Consulting dot com. Yes. Yeah. I actually jumped with the co CEO and asked him. In retrospect, was spending five hundred thousand dollars on the domain Consulting dot com worth it? It was only five hundred. Ammer, we Ammer, Ammer, we just Ammer, but I think we just came full circle here. Yeah. We just came full circle here. Guess what you leaded off this other guy with? You forgot his fucking name. It was acquisition.com. Acquisitions.com. Ammer, you came full circle, dude. Do you know what's your best your best investment? Probably a really fucking solid domain, buddy. Contracting.com. Dude, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, because but here's the thing though, Ammer. No one can steal that from you. No one can ever if you have contracting.com, no one can steal that from you legally. It's yours. Yeah. That's a competitive advantage, dude. Or TradeArc.com, which I actually decided not to buy. Well, the, the, the interesting about TradeArc.com is that, I mean, I like it, but it, it's not necessarily, like, you know, it's your own brand. Contra- contracting is a word. <laughs> so like, that's, you know that, I mean? that was like, actually one of the things I want to talk to you about. Know, contracting.com, is that available? It is. It's, 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 probably, it's probably like a million dollars. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It, I think I got a quote. It, it was like around 45,000, 50,000 US. Dude, oh get my that. God, dude. Buy that. Amber, get that tomorrow. <laughs> what are you talking about? Amber's like, so, yo, I'm going to go spend me? 40K on a call or whatever. Amber, I'll give you a loan for that. Are <laughs> yeah, you kidding yeah. me? No, you are wouldn't. You no, me? you wouldn't give me a loan. We, I, yo, I, would, I would literally you'd loan me 50 Gs. To Amber, buy contracting.com. D- dude, are you... Yo, I, I, he I said it. We all heard him say it. I just said it was a million dollars. Are no, you kidding no, me? It's, I, said, I, I, could probably, I thought it was a million. No, I could probably get it for 50. Dude, dude. are you kidding? Amr, that's your investment, Contracting.com is 50K. Damn. Dude, that's Yo, one of our listeners... Amr, you literally have six... Okay, hold on. We almost need to edit this out. Amr has six... We don't want to pump up this. Amr has six... We don't want to pump this. Amr has six days to buy this this domain before this podcast comes out. Amr, that's what you need to do, buddy. See, Would you see what I mean by like $40,000 to acquire maybe some information that might help your business versus, dude, contracting.com? Like, dude, I, I can't even believe that's only 50 grand i mean austin come on that seems low doesn't it it is seems it seems very low yo okay so i saw um dude i saw alex hermosi is only 50 grand like are you kidding alex hermosi like the uh, biggest bargain yeah alex hermosi was saying that uh yo bookmark that if you because if you can help me pay for that like on a loan and i pay you monthly installments like i actually want you to like to think about that. dude that's the that's the fattest thing though think about that for a second contracting.com like that like that you're considering that considering that marketing.com is like four million dollars and contracting.com is like like not only not only the domain could appreciate in value but like think about that though i mean like 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 the same thing that consulting.com like that's where sam ovens made it big dude is is the fact that I think he bought it in he 20, owns, 2017. Yeah. yeah, but he owns the domain for the fuck consulting industry, right? Like, if you like, think about any contractor that wants to look up contracting. Like, that's that's it, man. Like, that's a huge competitive advantage, right? Wow. 
I don't like when I hear stuff like that. It just stresses me out. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually is worth it. Let me let me let me tell because let me, let me, t- let, let me give you let me Dude, give you my logic. I know, I know, let me give you my logic. Can I give you fair my enough, logic? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Over the past three months, I've got a 10x return on my ad spend. So why would yeah. I spend that on a domain name that will get me very little return when I can spend that on advertising dollars? Oh, Amher, hold on. I just want to clarify. If if you're getting 10x returns 10X. on spending on ad, then I would I would plug your money back. But like you said, if if you're getting a diminishing return where you got 40 grand kicking around your bank account and and you're advertising spend requires no more capital no no we're not there yet we're not there yet no if you're not there yet then you're not there yet right but like um i see what you mean i would say contracting.com is an intangible asset that will require uh virtually no capital to maintain it's inflation proof it's it's fantastic Amr, you can buy contracting.com for a one-time fee of 40 grand or 50 grand and i think the domain's probably what 9.99 a year to maintain right yeah Okay, I promise you that, but that's what I'm trying to say. $40,000 for a domain contracting.com. Amr, is contracting, do you think contracting is going to exist 100 years from now? Yes. Okay, so then the question is, do you think websites will exist 100 years from now? I don't know. But if so, that's a valuable domain. Like, what do you, like, that's, you know, like hotels.com. Like if, if you truly want to get be the largest con, like contracting consultant in the world, it seems like now I mean take you know, look at there might be better domains than contracting.com. I don't know. Okay. Like I mean contractconsulting.com or contractingconsulting.com. It's what one word is better usually. Is it one okay, what well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, anyway, that, or, that does make a, sense. It's available. Yeah, like contracting.com seems like it'd be a pretty valuable domain. It's an intangible asset, right? Yeah. Actually, I would even say it's a tangible asset, really. I mean, it's because there's intangibleness to it because it's a web domain. Um, Contract.com but, is available as well. No, That's but like, it's no. Contracting is like a, is yeah, like a no, plural. No, yeah, no, or yeah. not a plural, but like an action, yeah. Um, either way, you hear, you hear you heard me here, right? I mean, if you have the choice between quantum level whatever or contracting.com, it seems like that's that's a no-brainer to me. But then again, that's no, interesting. I don't know. That's really interesting, man. I'm going to have to show this to, uh, show this recording to Patrick and... If you're willing to, if, if, uh, I'll, I'll, ma- I'll make it loud and clear. If Aurelius Holdings is looking to <laughs> do, do its first finance deal to underwrite the contracting.com domain, I'll let you think about that. Ever. Unfortunately, I, I'll have to pass instantly only because I, I, I am getting such a, ama- well, I think I'm, I'm expecting to get such amazing returns off, off my current investments. It, it obviously would make sense. It does not make sense. Yeah. You're going to, it, it obviously wouldn't make sense for Aurelius to loan against that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would buy the I would buy the domain and lease it to you, though. Are you fuck? <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. That'd Actually, be the biggest key, dick move in key, the world. Though, that's what I need to go do. I need to go buy contracting.com when we get off this call and just lease it back to him. That's <laughs> unreal. But yo, but yo, seriously, do you think this should be bleeped out or not? Because a hundred dollars a um, month is twelve hundred bucks divided by forty. Honestly, ever no, like, yeah. It's not a. I no, not I do gonna, think yeah, that I, I do think that yeah. you take this recording tonight. No buy you it. send it to Pat. You say, Pat, listen to this, and if you got you guys have six days to buy it for the same price. <laughs> and I I have but some yeah, bad Amer. news. Ammer.com is not available. Yeah, Ammer is like this other like company that, that does like weird stuff, and I don't even understand. It's like some infant in, uh, in, in in industrial infrastructure or something. Yeah. But do you see where yeah. I'm coming from? Where it's like okay, like. I actually do, man. Me, I actually really do. To me, it, it, that was to that me, was amazing. To me, it's not really like 
Like that would be like, that's here's another way. Here's actually another thing too, Amber. Think about this too. If you bought consult contracting.com for $50,000, my bet is that you could probably sell it for close to that. And who's so, buying? You, so you, who's buying? And, well, Amber, you, if you bought it for 50 grand, I'm sure someone else is. That's not, nah, that's, that's, that's bad logic. That's actually just bad logic. Fair enough. But point here, hear me out though. Are you more, okay, well here, you have H, you have a pretty good chance, I would say, at selling contracting.com for close to what you bought it for, or at least not, you know, not a total loss. What, what's the best you, I mean, if you bought this information from, you know, quantum level, you know, executive group.com or whatever, are you going to be able to sell that? No, you, you, you have a, it, there's no return of cap, like there's no chance you're ever going to return any money back to yourself unless you can somehow use that information with your own business contracting.com seems like a way more prudent move as far as protecting from loss. You could always sell the asset. It's on your balance sheet. Like you're not going to like, if you go spend $40,000 on coaching, you're not going to list on your balance sheet coaching. <laughs> I guess, I mean, you could, I guess you could say like it's an intangible asset, but it's pretty disingenuous. Yeah. Like, like, like Charlie Munger says like, you know, good, uh, good until you reach for it. Right. Like you grab it and it's up in smoke. Right. But, but, the website is an actual, I would say it's an asset. Like you could sell it, right? You can buy and sell it. Ammer, what do you think? We, we, we going in 50, 50 racks for consulting or sorry. For I didn't, I didn't even get a quote. The guy who did the market research is guessing it's around that much. Uh, he said he can get it for lower than that. I haven't actually pulled the, the plug. There you go, man. Getting an official Low quote. Lowball the guy. No, no, not the home. Like we didn't even contact the owner. I contacted this, this professional. I domain you could lowball him, dude. I bet you can lowball him. Dude, like, look at that guy who bought the first Jack Dorsey tweet for $2.4 million, And then during this latest auction that he had on, uh, on an NF, uh, for the NFT of, of, of Jack Dorsey's first tweet, he had an auction where he said, I'll donate 50% of the profits to charity. And the highest bid was $6,200. bucks. What? Yeah, this guy bought Jack Dorsey's first tweet, okay, uh, on Twitter, an NFT version of it, okay, for $2.4 million. And then recently, he, in an auction for NFTs, he he said, "Okay, I'm going to sell this NFT, and I'm going to put, I'm going to well, donate fifty yeah, percent of profits." Yeah, I understand that, profits. but why is it so low? Because apparently the guy overpaid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what but what I'm saying by like ninety nine percent. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a total loss, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. You know, you can go to Mexico or something like that. Still, but, 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 uh, but my bet is that you could probably pick up contracting.com i mean you could at least lowball the guy hey guys austin here just wanted to check in mid-episode and thank you so much for your ongoing listenership and commitment to the podcast we have some of the most enormously positive data with regards to how long our listeners listen to episodes for meaning we can tell the vast majority of our listeners listen right from the first to the last second of the recording which in the world of podcasting is just completely unheard of so we wanted to just stop in here mid-episode and say thank you for being you you guys are absolutely awesome Because of this overwhelmingly positive data over the last two years, we decided it would be a great idea for both us and our listeners to launch a Patreon. Patreon is essentially a platform that you can subscribe to to get more connected with myself, John and Ammer, and the podcast as a whole. So whether you're a massive fan of the podcast and want to get direct individual coaching from myself, Ammer, or John, or 
want to just have early access to episodes and chip in a few dollars a month to help us take this podcast to the next level, bring on more guests and provide more value, there are tiers that are built for you, I can guarantee it. If you wanted to look into Patreon, get more information about how you could gain more value through the podcast and really augment your listening experience, you can check out our link in our Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod on Instagram or simply press pause on this episode, go into the show notes, click the Patreon link and check out more details about the tiers we have available there. Thanks so much, guys. And thank you so much for continuing to listening to the Weekly Call Podcast. Now back to the episode. Sorry, dude. Sorry, that was such a massive slurp. And also the size of this mug. No, the cup size, man. It's like, (laughs) do you steal that from A&W? Here's here's what's going through my mind. It's like... (laughs) Yeah. It it doesn't make sense to buy a domain name that quick. Because the way I'm selling, it, it, it doesn't actually necessitate... Like, it doesn't... I don't actually need a domain name. Because people find me through good quality ads. They watch a good quality video and they have a good quality phone call. I disagree if it's something as easy as contracting.com. Like if it was, if it was TradeArc.com. So so I I was talking to the owner of TradeArc and he wanted it for $5,000. And I said no, because I would rather spend that $5,000 on ads or have it as money so I can pay for an appointment setter. It's just that money is just better spent somewhere else. Like people, like if you just type in TradeArc on Google, TradeArcConsulting.com shows up, right? So what if you type in, what if you type in like, how do I run my contracting business better or something? Yeah, no, we won't show up for that because I wasn't optimizing for that SEO yet. Like that's, that's But Amber, hear me out on this though. So like now I, but now I think you're thinking about this correctly because now you're starting to get into, well, I don't know if this is worth it because I have these other things. That's, that's the thing, right? That's what I was trying to argue originally, which when you said like, oh, I'm gonna spend this much on coaching. I'm like, well, man, like what are your other opportunity costs there? Because, and that's what I was saying with the Alec thing. It's like, you know, is he really gonna see an increase of $500,000 through this course with, with, uh, with Ty Lopez? Now, nothing against the coaching of Ty Lopez, right? Again, unrelated to the skill or the coaching that was offered. That's not what I'm talking about, right? If it, like, like for example, if I buy a stock, regard, the stock doesn't know that I own it. So the stock is unrelated to my performance, right? Or sorry, is, is, un, is unrelated to my, the actions I take is unrelated to that. Okay, the stock is going to do its own thing. Like the company is going to continue operating. Like unless I bought a, a, such a large chunk, I was an activist investor or something like that, right? So when you buy this website, right? I, I just, I, I feel like you're actually paying for something that, you, I mean, you can't hold it in your hand, but it's, it's an actual thing, right? I just, I'm not convinced that the coaching is, is tangible enough that you're actually gonna be able to see benefit from it. Well, if, it, Where, if there's money back me, guarantee on it, then then for sure. Well, okay, fair enough. But I mean, you also understand that the reason why they might offer money back guarantee is to make the sale. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, if it's real, no, but, it's but it's real. also the, yeah. But the brokerage, the brokerage on that is so crazy. No one, probably very little people are probably doing chargebacks on that. But bring it back to um. You know, if you are still, in fact, getting 10x returns, then that's obviously that's where my attention should be going, dude. Of course, man. Like, what, dude? Where else are you getting? I think literally this month is going to be like 13x. Like, it's just like it's working. Well, that's what you want to do, man. Now, in saying that, though, I mean, you know, like most things, right? It's 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 only so repeatable, right? I mean, this is kind of like, you know, you see this with a lot with like Starbucks, right? I mean, Starbucks is realizing, oh, you know, yes, you know, when we were opening stores originally, we were getting these amazing margins, right? Now, there's diminishing returns, because it turns out that the first store you open on a street, 
profitable. Second street, the one that you open right across the street, not as profitable. The, the third one you open up, not as profitable as the second one, right? So there's diminishing returns to, to you know, these locations, right? Because I mean, you could, yeah. So long story short, the same way in, in my business too. Right? I mean, I can only door knock so often. I can only send flyers so often. If I sent flyers every single day of all five days a week to the same neighborhood, I'm not getting 5X the return, right? There is a, you know, and this is the, the um, Farmville analogy that I always use. Yeah, which I'm a fan of. Big Farmville, yeah, big big Farmville guy. Me back in the day, but yo, so uh, Amor, I yeah. just I just I, googled I, contracting business coaching and contracting business help, and um, those are the worst domain names ever. And large, no, 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 I'm just, no, on just Google, doing a Google on search. SEO. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, so I thought, and, you're, and, I thought you were like and trade arc, I mean, like, there's a ton of fucking <laughs> consultants or whatever, but the trade arc doesn't show up on the first page. But I'm I'm looking at the businesses that show up. And largely speaking, it's just people with no names that say contracting in the website. Like this guy, obviously paying way too much. His do- his domain name is sales. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give him the <laughs> the, the the airspace. But like most businesses that are in here, like the no. What's his? I, I think I know who you're talking to. I think that might be Ryan. Salestransformationgroup.com. Yeah, I think that he, uh, he is. He was in quantum. No way. I know that the guy contractorscoach.com. No, that's Reno, Renocoach.com. No, those guys are no, no, I have no idea what those are. Contractorscoachingpartnership.com. <laughs> like Yeah, no. So no. long. But no, no I'm he, thinking like if you in contractorcoachpro.com. Like it's just if you were just contracting.com, be like, damn. Yeah, but I still think like at my level, that's still useless. Like that's maybe one day, but I think a domain name on its own is useless. You need to be able to get well, people on that domain name. You need to sell people. Like you need to build we're a good gonna, product. Yeah. All I was getting at, okay, because I don't think we're gonna like solve whether the yeah. math makes sense on this podcast. All I was getting at was competitive advantage, right? It seems like people can people can steal content, but they can't steal the lo- they can't steal the logo, and they can't steal the wrapper, they can't steal the can, right? Sure, yeah, they can't steal Ammer and Patrick. No, like for example, like with I remember, like I remember reading about C's Candy, like Warren Buffett owns, and let me know when you guys get sick of the C's, C's Candy. <laughs> no, I like it. stories. But anyway, but I remember. So you guys know Ruffles, uh, Russell Stovers or Stovers, Russell Stovers. You know, like the no. chocolates. No, They're like old purple, little purple co- container, a hexagon purple container. You know, Russell Stovers. No. Either way, C's Candy had like these, these. You know, like when you go to like a, a drugstore, whatever. And there's like the, you know, like those like cardboard kind of display cases. You know, that you see like around Easter or whatever holiday, and it's got chocolate in it or whatever. No. Okay, Amber. Well, fucking, you've never been in the world. Either way, so Austin, <laughs> you know those, you know those cardboard. You go to any fucking store and they have a cardboard, you know, cut out of a fucking Easter bunny, and the yes. Easter bunny is holding a bunch of chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Russell Stover's tries stealing like, like exactly <laughs> what, like the same container and everything that Seize Candy was doing, and Seize Candy sued them, and they won because you can't do that. It's, it's you, you, you can't. You can't do that. There's trademarks and you can't like the same way that like you can't just go make a fucking iPhone and start selling it to people. Like there's there's trademarks and patents. Like that's just that's that's we in, in America and in Canada, I mean in North America in general, we value property rights, right? Patents and, and trademarks. 
So I can't just go make an aluminum can and slap Coca-Cola on it. It's just, it's illegal. They have a trademark on it, right? So that's a durable competitive advantage because they have a brand, right? And also what's beautiful about that, the reason why it's durable is because it takes a lot of time and energy and money in order to build a brand. And that's what makes it durable. If, if you could go spend a billion dollars to build a brand tomorrow that was as strong as Coca-Cola, then it wouldn't be, Coca-Cola wouldn't be that strong. But they've been around for 150 years and they've spent godly amounts of money on advertising. You, you, you can't just go fucking build a brand. That's why Coca-Cola is probably the most valuable trademark in the world, right? I mean, again, like when it comes to guns, right? You got Smith & Wesson. I mean, that's a brand that's been around for 150 years, right? Like in America, like you, you can't really, I mean, like, you can't go backwards in time. You know, you can't like you can't start a company and say establish in 1853, right? If you weren't around in 1853 to start a company and you and you couldn't keep it alive the whole time, fucking your shit out of luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got you. 1880, 1886, Coca Cola fucking starts selling Coke. Well, if you weren't around at the time, sorry, you know, Boylan's Cola, you're not you're not as cool, right? Gotcha. So it seems like if you could invest, I mean, personally, I mean, it seems like, is there, is there, so, I mean, branding seems like it'd be really important in consulting, right? It seems like it'd be super, super important. Behind that, is there anything that you could do to reduce your costs amongst your, your larger competitors? Um, For sure, which is just word of mouth. So the more testimonials I got, the more people get results, the more they they recommend their subcontractors and other contractor friends of theirs. And, and that's how that would work. So then I don't have to spend money on acquiring customers. Customers just keep coming our way. Just kind of like brand, right? So, Well, you, the return on investment then on your marketing would be more than 13x because if you acquire a customer and that customer ends up being a referral of three people, you're actually acquiring four customers for every, for I know. every one. And that's, I know. that's huge. So I guess there, but I guess that kind of goes back to the quality of your content, right? I guess like the sure. quality, if you just have such amazing quality that every single customer refers three, that's actually good to hear. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I never really thought of it that way, but I guess that's why you see a lot of consulting businesses start up but then fail is because the only way you can make it work in the consulting business most likely is if you have low customer acquisition cost. Otherwise, you just if you have no repeat clients and no referrals, it's probably pretty hard to make it in the consulting business. Yeah. Cuz it's too comp it's too competitive to acquire the first customer. Yeah. No, we got like seven referrals like in the past like 3 months and they're all doing crazy like Dude, if you think about it, that could be a competitive advantage if you got big enough. Yes. You could, you could, you could, you could spend so much on advertising that you, you could actually purposely lose money acquiring customers for the first time because you're spending that much on advertising. So you could drive the customer acquisition cost up on Google and Facebook to the point where no smaller players could make money because you make all your money off the second and third and fourth referral. Yes. But that means that anyone that's entering the business, they, and they want to get into the advertising online niche, they can't do can't it. That, I mean, me. that would, that would be a competitive advantage, but that would probably... You'd have to be pretty big that and takes have a lot of money in order. Yeah, yeah, that that'll take time, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. These are things that I think about, though. No, they're they're good things because these are the things that I did not think about. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, but that that kind of brings me back into like you investing in yourself. Like this is a question that I want to literally ask you, and then when 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 Austin comes back, like, how ambitious are you? 
That's actually just my question. You know, it's one of those words that, like, I feel like we use, but, like, how would you define ambitious? Like, like, like unpack that. It's uh, of a plan intended to satisfy high aspirations that are difficult to achieve. I wouldn't say that I'm that ambitious then. Oh, how greedy are you? How greedy am I? Yeah. I would say pretty not greedy. How would you define greedy? I would define greedy as as desiring more money. Profit. That's how you define greedy? Yeah, like the, the, the desire to want more money. Really? That's how you define greedy? Well, how would you define it? I would define greedy by, uh, let me think. Austin, Taking I was, more than your fair share. Oh, no, that's not. No, that's, I don't define that as greedy. Austin, I was asking greedy. John, how ambitious are you? Slash, how greedy are you? So you're asking me that question? Yes. And John, you didn't really answer it. Because we have to. Well, no, I said I said I'm not that. I, I wouldn't consider myself that ambitious based on the definition you gave. Yeah. And that I'm, and I wouldn't. I don't agree with your definition of greedy. Okay. Well, what's the oh, what's so your I definition just, of ambitiousness? Like having high aspirations that are difficult to achieve. I would say that I'm very ambitious then. Okay. And when I say greedy, um, how high is your desire to acquire more cash and profit? Hi. Very okay. quite high, so I yeah, guess mine's I'm, obviously high as well. But I wouldn't consider myself greedy. Though. I don't see. I don't associate greed with money. Hmm. Oh oh oh. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah. If anything, I think it's empathetic to earn more money. Empathetic. Yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. For empathy your family, is, is I think, empathy is your, the ability yeah, to put think, yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's empathetic for your family. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, see I mean, that. I, yeah, yeah. What? I could see that. Yeah, man. A empathy for other people. I feel like, yeah, man. Like, I, 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 who, I can, I, I can, I can, yeah, I mean, I can totally, well, I mean, I don't know if empathy is, I, I mean, putting myself in other people's shoes, but like seeing things from their perspective and, and, and feeling their pain kind of some, some degree. So it's like, yeah, man, like, I take it really seriously that I want capitalism to win. Like I want to make more money. I want to be a. I want to be a role model, and I want to provide for my family through empathy, right? I mean, I, I can. I, I, I've. I've been. I've seen people suffer from lack of industriousness. I've seen people suffer through choosing a socialistic way of living, and I can put myself in their shoes and be like, no. Like I want to be empathetic, and I want to be. I want to be a true capitalist. I want to make more money, and I want to provide more resources for my friends and family. Oh, Absolutely, okay, gotcha. I think that, yeah. yeah. Whereas I don't associate that. I, I, I actually, I think it's super greedy to not make money. Mm -hmm. Like, how fucking selfish are you that you're gonna live in this America? You're gonna live in this great of a society, North America, and you're not gonna go and make money and make the most of it? How 
fucking selfish that mm-hmm. is, right? How greedy is that? Mm-hmm. No, I, right? John, it's it's you, funny. As soon you, as you, know you know said I mean? empathetic, like, think about how lucky you are to be born in this mm-hmm. in this in this position, and you're like, and, and you're gonna waste that. God damn, that is greedy. Dude, greedy when, fucking thing to do. When I heard <laughs> lack of empathy, there, man. When I heard what, fucking, when what I, a lack of empathy. T- think about how many people are in Africa right now just wishing they could be born in in. Mm-hmm. in in North America. Well, so that's where you get this like immigrant and work ethic. the American dream. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, people want to, you know what's called the American dream? Ain't nobody talking about the Ethiopian dream. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm empathetic towards Ethiopians. I'm, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity, mm-hmm. right? When I yeah, heard, no, I think, when I heard Grant Cardone say that for the first time, it blew my mind. I was like, what's that? Everything you just said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. It's crazy. It was just like, blue. Grant Cardone's a true American. Yes, so. yeah. He he actually said it word for word. Everyone, I think it's selfish if you're poor. That that's word for word. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm a hundred. Well, I mean, I don't think it's selfish if you're poor, but I think it's selfish if you're la- if you're not industriousness or if you're sorry if you're not conscientiousness conscientious, because you can be poor for various reasons, right? No, like, no he, he, his yeah. argument's like like poor and not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Poor in the mindset, maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I mean, you can go broke, you know, I, I, I actually would say it's quite American to go broke and earn it back. I mean, that's that's an American thing. Right. So but okay, point being, though, I think I, I, I associate with earning money with with empathy and kindness and, uh, you know, providing value for society. That's that's what I you know. So in that sure. case, I have a high desire for money Good. because I think I'm a I think I'm actually much more empathetic than most people would think. Yeah. Um, as soon as you said empathetic, um, I knew exactly what you meant. And that's why, like, I didn't necessarily get hung up on the word greed, but I, I did definitely agree with you right away. Like, um, John, you and I were both raised in pretty financially scarce environments. Yeah. So I think that this comes back to a conversation I remember having with uh, someone who um, I guess you could say with like, I'm quite close with professionally. Like we we uh, we talk a lot, bounce ideas off each other. We both run similar businesses. and. Uh, Last year, he asked me a question saying like, hey, like, uh, it was something very general. It was just like, hey, why? Why do you uh, why do you do this? And why do you like work 90 hours a week and with no guaranteed income and, uh, you know, choose to like create your business every year with no guarantee that it will recreate itself? Right. Um, and why do you choose this path where? Like, uh, in my, in my, in my, uh, graduating class of my master's program, I was the only Mm -hmm. person to graduate without an internship. (laughs) The only person. What does that mean? Like not go into an internship? Yeah. Oh. But like, but like graduating from this program, like it would be very easy to get an internship. Like it's actually a part of the program. And I was like, no, I'm actually and you're like, no, thanks. Literally, <laughs> I was like, I'm actually already doing something. And they were like, oh, sick. Like, where are you working? I'm like, um, I'm 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 running I'm running a business. And they're like, oh, <laughs> but then I, but then uh, it came back to this question that I, I was answering, which is why? Like, why do you work that hard? Mm-hmm. And why do you do it? Like the real question was, why do you try to recreate something with no guarantee every year? And it came back to that point, John, of empathy, where it's like, I know one day I'm going to have kids and I have this genuine fear that I'm always running from, which is motivating me to work really hard. I don't want that to sound like a negative thing, but it really does motivate me in a positive way, which is 
yeah, no, I, I never it. want to look my child in the face and say, like, you can't do this. Not because you didn't work hard enough, not because you're not smart enough or fit enough or athletic enough. You can't do this simply because I made poor choices in my life and financially this is not viable for you. Really? Okay, because I find that interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna give my perspective on that. I'm just sure. wondering if maybe you feel the same way, but maybe you just because I can see where you where you're coming from with that. But right. like for me, it's actually less about. I mean, like yes, I want to provide for my kids the necessities, mm. but for me, it's actually more about never having to choose money over my kids. Like I want to have enough money that I don't uh. have to choose money over them. Yeah, I think you know what I, mean? I think what you're like, saying like goes whether hand or not in I can but... whether or not I think it does. Yeah. But you're right. But I would say it's slightly different. Like is, the way you is. worded it, it made me feel like you were more like, I want to be able to provide resources for my kids, which I agree with. I do too. But it's more important that I can actually spend time. Like, like as you can imagine, the guy who grew up without a father wants to not be the guy who's not there for his <laughs> yeah, kid. No right? so, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I would also say is, again, that's a driver of empathy, right? I mean, I can yeah, empathize yeah. with my future son, right? I mean, I can... I, I know, mean, yo, I can John, you and I are shoes, quite right? similar yeah. in that regard. Like, you grew Very up similar, without a father. Yeah. I grew up with a father who has a traumatic brain injury, and I have a good relationship with him, but it's definitely not Well, mine a has a traumatic brain injury, too. It's called being a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Damn. Yo, for like a split second, I was like, oh, shit. Did I not know that? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, but, like for different reasons obviously we're trying to create <laughs> I'm this like he's, he's probably a reason no 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 no. i'm yeah. I'm not like i didn't take that at all the wrong way i'm just saying that um for w- different reasons we're now trying to almost overcompensate um i wouldn't even say overcompensate yeah. i would say that what i'm doing is what every man should try and do which is like and that's why that's why i'd say i'm not even that ambitious because i don't even like I, i'm not trying to like do what like elon you know like if like, what's the threshold? I mean, like, yeah. if, if you know, if you know, like, if Elon Musk is ambitious, well, I think the threshold is surprisingly to... low, actually. Dude, I know, but I mean, maybe, but I mean, I would argue that, like, like for example, like, I don't think that, like, um, like for example, I don't pat myself on the back for brushing my teeth every night because, like, that's just like that's what you just do, right? Like, in the same way, like, I don't like, you know, it's like, oh, you go to the gym every day. It's like, yeah, but like, that's just like, I don't, yeah, like, don't no, give me yeah, credit yeah, for that. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't like, don't give me brownie points for things that, like, you know. Like, I think the standard's so low in society that, like, we label people like myself as ambitious when it's like, no, I'm not ambitious. Like, I'm not trying to do that. Like, the shit that I'm doing is not that difficult. Like, mm. like if you really look at what I'm doing, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm working out, I'm meditating, reading books, and I run a painting business. And if you look at the tasks that I'm doing, it's like, okay, like, I basically focus on a few different metrics. Like, okay, I'm trying to be prudent, so I'm trying to be cautious about the future, okay? I'm very industrious, not even very industrious. I would say I'm moderately industrious, as in I work reasonably hard in small spurts, right? Uh, more of a sprinter than, a, than you know, um, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm reasonably diligent, like as in I follow through with things, right? Like as I work into, I work until it's done, right? So it's like you know, and I and I and I basically use those those virtues in. Or, or those sub traits in all of my areas of my life, but I wouldn't consider myself like a super ambitious individual. Like I'm not, I, nothing I'm doing, I would say is like super inherently difficult. You know, it's interesting. Like, like one of the things, you know what I mean, though, because I hate labeling shit as ambitious. Because then people are like, again, it's like the whole like I have this theory like we're only lazy, like lazy people invented the word um, motivation, right? 
ambition is kind of a weird thing. It's like, if I don't like, I really don't like when I die, I don't want people to label me as ambitious. I want people to be like, that's what a true, like I want that. Like that's the baseline man. Yeah. I think it, you, you'll like this then because I've over the past four years, I've had uh, countless conversations with people, especially in the last two, <clears throat> the last two years of where I got my painting business pretty much to 80% reliant on word of mouth and referrals. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were just like the odd person. I would say like one out of every five or six people would be like, hey, um, you know, why? I guess I see your name everywhere. You know, you've, you've done a lot of work in the community. Like, you know, you seem like you know what you're doing or you, uh, you know, what do you think is the difference between you and other people I'm getting quotes from? And, and I would just tell them, I'm like, you know, largely what I've heard is just that there's some pretty basic fundamentals that people appreciate, which is just like, yeah, yeah, just like yeah. doing what you say you're going to do and uh, n- yeah. never changing <laughs> the price halfway through the job and, you know, not asking to be paid until the job's done. I was like, that's typically yeah. what we do, you know, and it's uh, do you guys have the four referability. Yeah, exactly. We do. Yeah. Remarkable, yeah. remarkably so that's what the differentiating factor is so that's why i'm saying the bar is low because i believe that yeah i'm like to me there's no choice other to do that but i'm not saying that like to me i should say to us to a lot of our listeners to a lot of people that take this the growth and launch of their business quite seriously there is no other choice but um anyway it's like it is weird to compete in a market like that but at the same time it almost breeds complacency because I, sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, well, the bar's that low, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, that, I don't want that to sound like... Yeah, but like, do you think the bar is that much higher? And like, do you think that other... I do. I do think the bar in trades is particularly low for that type of thing. Yeah, but so, okay, but... but um, so, so, Sorry, what I meant. Yeah, so I agree. The bar is very low in, in trades. Uh, unticketed trades in yeah. particular. I should say unticketed, trades. even ticketed. I talked to a lot of ticketed trades who go through the same problem against other but I'm ticketed. Saying unticketed tra- fair enough. I'm saying in particular, though, unticketed trades. Do, do you not think that uh, like electrical contracting is much more competitive because it's ticketed or no? Can I share you're talking about com- you're talking about competitiveness? Not compet- I should say competitiveness. Um, so, John, just a little FYI, uh, Quebec is the only province in Canada that makes everything ticketed. So, in Quebec, oh, okay. So, yeah, so in okay. Quebec, well, I, everything except like really soft, like non-hardscape stuff. So, like for example, landscaping, residential painting, window cleaning. You don't need an RBQ license. But for roofing, siding, any major structural uh, or protective work that you're doing to a home, you need an RBQ license for. That is- well, I'm pretty sure BC is the same. Oh, okay. What do you need in BC? Yeah, like I. What's it called? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But I. I, I mean, like what Tristan and I do is untick. Okay, but I don't want to get into side tension here. I mean, but I'm just it, saying that like ticketed, it doesn't necessarily get away from the competition. Like there's still good ticketed and bad. So I, ticketed. Comp- competition was the wrong. Competition was oh, the wrong okay. term. I shouldn't have used that. I shouldn't have used that. No, no. What I meant was uh, sophistication. Okay, ticketed trades. There's a lot more money behind it. It seems a lot more sophisticated. Like, like there's very few painting businesses that have physical locations with you know tons of multi vehicles. Whereas in Kelowna, there's at least ten electrical companies that do. Mm. 
there's one in Kelowna, one painting business that does, and it's called Serta Pro. Mm. You know, like as far as like roofing companies that have a physical location in Kelowna, there's not many, right? Whereas for plumbing, again, there's like 10. So it just seems like the ticketed trades, there's a lot more capital. It seems like more capitalized, right? But it's, but it makes sense because there's more barriers to entry. Not, not every Joe Schmlo and his, you know, his brother can go start up a plumbing business. Like it's, it's, it, there's, there's a barrier there. Yeah, okay. But point being, I forgot actually, what was the point that we, where were we going with that originally? Now I'm, now I'm kind of lost. We were saying that, uh, the bar is low and you're saying the bar is oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ticket of trades. yeah sorry sorry yeah, yeah okay here okay so okay Amber, how many lawyers do you think like how many how, how at what age do you think the average lawyer makes more than two hundred thousand dollars a year uh probably like 30 okay and how competitive do you think it is to be a lawyer very okay how many years of schooling do you have to go to, to be a lawyer eight minimum okay Six minimum. And it's highly competitive the whole way? Yes. Okay. Crazy hours, no ability to delegate, right? Like no, you're like, you're like literally a slave. Okay. Like as Warren Buffett says, why are people trying to find seven foot poles and like fucking, you know, practice like doing some crazy leg kick to get over the seven? Dude, I just... Like we... We all found something that was super easy that we all made a ton of money at. Like, why? Like, why make it more? Like, what's the point of being ambitious? Mm. Like, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I you're I, saying I, it's, it's like, almost like lazy. No, but some people wear a badge of honor. Like, oh, I'm super ambitious. It's like, dude, like, <laughs> like, dude, like, do you think? Do you think I'm gonna care? Like in like a few years, you know, I'm gonna, like a multimillionaire. Do you think I'm gonna give a shit that I made it in an easier way? You know, imagine a lawyer's like, oh, dude, you did it in a way easier way. It's like I know on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I purposely. Wait, but hold on, I, I'm confusing lawyer. what you're saying though, John. You're saying. Yeah, I'm confused too. I think you're you, saying I think that, you have a negative connotation with ambitious. Wait, but you're saying that ambition means that you do the hard thing. Yeah, that's not ambition. Well, that's no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, I'm only going off of what Amber's definition was. Which Amber, you should reread it again, just because, because the, then, because Austin, you were out of the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's so, relating to a yeah. plan that's intended to satisfy high aspirations and therefore difficult to achieve. Yeah, oh, but I would say difficult. To I achieve. would say what I'm doing is not hard on purpose. Like I'm purposely not doing things that are incredibly difficult. I mean, this is challenging. But no, it's like, I think that you're maybe like no, you're yeah, you're 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 like I, John, it, John. I think what that you're you doing are ambitious hard. for something that is the way you're defining it easier than other businesses you could be in. Yeah, may, may, it's I, simple. I suppose the same it's way simple, but not easy. Lawyer would be like, yeah, oh, exactly. This is easy. Like I just you know, yeah, simple enough. but maybe, not easy. I just I yeah. I really enjoy the path that I'm on. So maybe that's why I just, I, I don't really feel like it's ambitious because it's just like, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Like today, for example, like this is going to be like, this is so like, it's kind of hilarious that I even say this. I was in tears driving down this road. Cause I was just so in love with capitalism. Like I was like, you know what? I just, I'm so fucking happy. Like I just love that we live in a country where you can work hard and you can get up in the morning. You can read a book, you can improve yourself. You can maintain your fucking body. You can eat good food. And you, you know, like it's just like what Dude, a beautiful yeah. fucking place. You know when I, mean? I listened to the podcast with the uh, Park, like uh, with uh, Joe Rogan, that's her last name. I forgot her. I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Oh, um, the oh North Korean God. girl. Yeah. Dude, the, I, I, was I felt so that. Crying. I felt that oh emotion. I was like, wow. Dude, that I'm was so a moving glad. podcast, man. 
dude that podcast was so dude the okay this is i mean this is like hi california over here but the yeah hi omi park the craziest fucking part of that entire podcast well not the crazy i mean there's so many crazy moments i'm not gonna say craziest a crazy moment for me was when she was talking about the sex slaves that were yes. in, the, in in the in the castle or whatever yes. else, oh like yeah, yeah, yeah and they all had their teeth removed and i'm like what like dude could you imagine being that kind of a sick motherfucker Ye- yeon me park y-e-o-n-m-i park yeah um and she was on or like episode, how like human uh, shit they would steal it from one another because you had to like turn in your shit so they could turn into fertilizer like yeah, just yeah. crazy stuff like that yeah, you have to meet a quota you have to meet a quota for your poop they have to turn in episode 1691 boxes Ep- they'd have a lock on their shit case yeah they'd shit into a case and lock it yeah Episodes. And she said the shits were tiny, little pebbles. Fuck's sake. Episode sixteen ninety one for anyone that wants to go listen to it. Honestly, if you haven't listened to this podcast, what are you doing? You have to like literally pause this podcast and go listen to number sixteen ninety one Joe Rogan Experience. (laughs) For everyone that voted liberal, it's a required listening. Yeah, for everyone (laughs) that voted liberal, dude, that's so extreme. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. no it's not extreme <laughs> yeah it's it kind of is it's not it kind of is not <laughs> it's, it's kind of not it's 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 less extreme than it sounds which is what's scary to me oh my god yeah. um yo i was actually thinking would you guys be down to make like uh before we go into whack versus wise every week uh we do like a what we listen to slash what we read this week we share something that was valuable like for me I'm always listening to podcasts. Oh, I, I mean, sure, that's easy to do. Sometimes I find I don't know if I want to make a formal yeah, segment, me too. but yeah. I yeah, only but when I mean, there's... but if you did because only because like sometimes I read some truly horrible books, and so I no, 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 like... no, for sure. Yeah, on yeah, a, on, yeah. on a on a like a ad hoc basis, you know, like when we, uh, when we what, what did you to... listen to this week that was epic? Okay, did you listen to that Grand Cardone thing I told you to listen no, to? No, but I fucking am this week, Gammer. I Wait, how come I didn't get that? I told you you were in the yeah, same. Yeah, you were call. in the call uh it was grant oh, okay. cardone and lewis uh lewis house lewis house yeah yeah and it was, it was in february oh. yeah, yeah no you're right no you're i am right. gonna Dude, go he talks to about john he literally talks about going into like um the buildings of like jp morgan or like berkshire hathaway and just like looking around and he's like i've been doing everything wrong my whole life it was f- you gotta watch it man i watched it twice Okay, I'm gonna go watch it right after uh, this. Fuck. I love that Amber is in the in the Grant Cardone phase. <laughs> I'm, I'm re no, I'm re back. I I dipped back in, man. I dipped back in. Uh, There's so much gold, man. Okay, listen, you listen to that interview. If you're not a fan again, then let me. know. No, no, Amber, look at. Hold on, I just want to. I, I want to be very clear here. I am not like. There's no like. There's there's like. I don't like. There's at no point in my life am I just sitting around and be like, fuck Grant Cardone. Like I think the guy. I, look at man. I mean, I I like his message. I mean, if, like you know. I don't listen to him a lot, so I don't know what his full message is. But, you know, every once in a while, I'll see something. And, you know, I like his message, man. You know, stay broke. I mean, I, that's stuck with me ever since. I mean, I literally still to this day purposely don't have a lot of money in my bank account to stay broke. Right? Yeah. Like, you know how you said that you always got to find a place for your money? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I keep cash in different accounts. But my actual basic checking account, I don't keep money in there. My plan is not to have that cushion. Yeah. Right. So, no, I mean, I, I learned a lot from Grant Cardone. Right. I like the fact that he also provides for his family. Like, that's a big part of it. Like, you know, spending time with his daughters and things like that. And 
and uh, making sure they get a good education. He, and, he talks about that. And, uh, he talks about. He it. seems really. Lo- he he seems really loyal to his wife, and I like the fact that he's you know empowering her to you know build her own brand and things like that. So no, I mean, there's a lot of good messages there, right? And I think that he's also, you know, I mean, you know, he, obviously, you know, I think I, I think my biggest criticism of of Grant Cardone comes down to this, which again isn't the worst thing because you know there's there's worse things in the world than convincing people to you know uh get financial independence through real estate okay like there's there's worse things out there right like the same the same thing i would say that grant cardone and uh who's that ramsey guy dave Dave ramsey dave ramsey i would say those two are very similar not not in their message but in the fact that uh like charlie munger says if you give a man a hammer everything looks like a nail i would say that grant cardone is a man with a hammer and i would say dave ramsey's a man with a hammer and they both the solution to everything is the same, just hammer. So that's my biggest criticism of both those guys. But again, there's worse things out there. Like I would, like I would much rather have a Grant Cardone who's out there pushing real estate on everyone than a guy who's pushing, I don't know, crypto, crypto. Yeah, like right, like so. It's you know, it's pick your poison. But I mean, he's doing his thing, right? And and you know, we'll see how it plays out. But it sounds like it's you know, it sounds like it's going decent, right? So good for him. Hey, right? he became and, a, he, he became a billionaire. I also like the fact that, uh, well, you know, it's, you know, as, as Sam Zell says, like, tell me when it turns to cash kind of thing. I'm always these, these, these dude, he talks about it. He talks about it in this interview. Okay. Fair enough, man. I'm just saying net worths get really slimy around these times of the, you know, the market cycles, right? People, you know, sure, sure. But yeah, it's good until you grab for it kind of thing. But okay. But point being though, go back to, um, uh, oh yeah. I like the fact that look at man, he, true story as far as him you know, getting into the dumps, you know, be, you know, being a drug addict and, you know, really turning his life around and coming back from, you know, from basically death, uh, you know, like a, he had a gun pointed at him, stuff like that, right? So for him to come back and get to the point where, you know, he's built up this, this, you know, little mini empire for himself, like, it's like, yeah, man, like, what, what a fucking great story, like, who, who wouldn't, you know, like, that's a, it's, it's a good story, man, like, when he dies, I'm sure, you know, there'll be a good memoir on him, you know, like, there's, a, there's gonna be a lot of people that, you know, probably at some point in their life when someone says, hey, you know, like when he dies, for example, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that say, hmm, yeah, they're, they're gonna think fondly of him, right? There's not gonna be too many people that probably go to his funeral and say, oh, is the guy actually dead? I just, well, I'm only here to verify, you know? <laughs> you know? That was, like that was from one of the biographies you read. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> that was the Charlie Munger one. I just love that. Uh, Charlie Munger says, he says, uh, you can't, like, when, he's, like, when you die, you want to have a lot of people there at your funeral. But he's like, you don't want to be like a movie executive, though, where there's a lot of people at your funeral, but they're only there to verify that you actually are, in fact, dead. Yeah. It's like, is, right? is he finally? Or the other one where he says, he's like, there was this one, he's like, there's this one guy, and when he died, uh, the pastor says, does anyone want to come up here and say anything about, you know, the deceased? And no one came up. And he said, okay, come on, come on, come up here and someone say something, you know, whatever. And, and so then uh, the guy's brother, or sorry, one of the guy's friends goes up on stage and, and says, well, his brother was more of an asshole. And then he walked back down, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to be that guy, right? Like, you know, nice. So, yeah. Nice. Um, I was going to point out uh, or our, our first segment of uh, what, what the boys are listening to. If we want to call it that, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so I, I already see two problems with this segment. Is I think it'll take a we lot of time. Boys. I think it'll just take a lot of time. <laughs> hold up, and I, hold up. And I, the podcast <laughs> segment's called Weed and Boys. No. And every single time we play that Weed and Boys, <laughs> yeah. we're slowly hold turning up. to a radio station. Yo, so uh, 
But also, I want to know about your week first before we go into why. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not going to go into Wack versus Wise. I actually wanted to just say that, like, before we could do it, like, as a thing where we do it every time before Wack versus Wise, or we could just mention it throughout the podcast. But I do think. What did you listen to this week that was epic? uh tim ferris podcast where he interviewed terry cruz um oh, i didn't listen to that one yet see, dude it's unreal I, don't know what you got. I see here's the thing i skip on the ones with actors and no I, but i, I know terry cruz he's different am i hold on but am i missing out on average though or is that like, yeah. like do you think that's a bad principle yeah, in general like he's released one with uh he's released a few with movie Grant. actors I don't know. I'm so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I, I feel like I discredit. Yo, he did an unreal actors. one with Arnold Schwarzenegger too. That one's epic. He got rich off real estate before he became a movie actor. Fucking love that story. Yeah. Same with um, <laughs> Dak Shepard did an interview with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's that guy that? Um, uh, Aubrey Marcus. Either way, I'm not gonna. I think so. And he got rich off real estate before. Yeah before coming an actor okay as well. so yeah. anyway terry cruz was great like because uh terry cruz was like literally as he describes himself a piece of human garbage he would just cause controversy he would just he was a delinquent he would only he would strive to like when he was literally a teenager? Like, no like even as a young adult like his his wife was like him and his wife were on the brink of breaking up and he was just he was raised in a very financially scarce environment and he was the product of a not great family and all these things and he talks about how he's experienced amazing success now in life and how he just made this very pivotal switch at one point uh very powerful and it's a fairly short podcast too like for tim ferris stuff it's one hour 18 minutes or something um yeah, okay and uh highly recommend that so that's uh number 587 terry cruz on uh, i can just find this right on the yeah okay. yeah tim ferris and then the second one was actually a few weeks back but just for the sake of catching up uh considering we'll be doing this weekly now i only have one maybe moving forward but there was another one with um on the aubrey marcus podcast aubrey marcus is a cool guy if you don't know who he is he's uh he's one of the co-founders of on it a fitness and supplement company that's founded by joe rogan and and uh aubrey marcus so um he has his own podcast. He's very into psychedelics. He's very explore. He's not afraid to explore. Uh... Well, Amber and I both know Aubrey Marcus because, uh, well, Amber, you, if you don't know him, you do know him because uh, he was the guy that brought Robert Green on to Joe Rogan's podcast yes. originally. Yes, he introduced Robert Green to. Uh... Oh, yeah, he was the one that. And so, he barely so, spoke that uh, whole time. He just kind of sat there. Yeah, Aubrey like... Marcus. Yeah, Aubrey Marcus had read Robert Green's books. And then I think Aubrey Marcus also is friends with Ryan Holiday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the, the common yeah, link I is I do. think Aubrey, Tim, and Ryan all live in Austin. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. Texas. Yeah. So Aubrey Marcus did a podcast back in February with a guy named Alex Benayan. Benayan. Um, it's called The Operating System of Successful People. So it sounds super cliche and super cheesy. But it was truly a powerful conversation. One that I would skip over. Yeah, I know. Like, I was very tempted. I was like, man, that's such a clickbait title. And then I Googled his name and he seemed like a pretty interesting guy. But then I pressed play. Did you listen to a lot of Aubrey Marcus? No, only like I would say. Like, how did, how did you like, I'm just, how did you come across that one? Just because I Google the people's names if I don't know them. Oh, okay. and but then, no, but I'm sorry, but like, because he only does guests. Marcus's? Yeah, the Aubrey Marcus only does guests. No, I know, but I'm saying, do you listen to Aubrey Marcus's podcast often? Uh, I would say one a month. 
based on the guest and okay. he releases a couple per week uh, one a week it looks like yeah so i guess 25 percent okay. on average um john you would like this guy uh daniel schmachtenberger you heard of this guy no okay so there's an episode on uh on aubrey marcus as well he's very like in tune with how like exponential growth of technology over the past five years and where we could be in the next 10 years easily uh and also exploring do you think there's been exponential growth with technology over the last five years um i guess if you looked maybe 10 years back there's been exponential growth pretty convincingly do you really think that's even the case well, whatever, man. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying. Yes. Like, no, no, I'm yes. actually curious, though. No, I'm actually curious, I guess, I guess so. I mean, Yes, I, from processing power to GPUs to everything, yes. Technology over I'm the past just, 10 well, years I'm has just, been crazy. Well, yeah, but but sorry, where I was coming from is like, I, I like Peter Thiel's quote where he's like, we were promised flying cars, and what we got is 182 characters. Relax. <laughs> no. no, I'm serious, though. I, don't I, mean, like I remember watching... Quotes, bro. <laughs> because i remember watching <laughs> irobot and and like Fuck with will smith sakes, and being man. like dude there was supposed to be robots there was gonna be like okay but that's more of a failure of your epic. expectations than actually what's happening technology wise dude, that's so dude jokes. all i'm saying is man i just like i was expecting more than twitter that's yeah amazing. exactly that's the problem yeah Okay, so um, enough, <laughs> those were my two shares of the week, guys. Did you have anything before we move on? I just figured it'd be cool to mention. If you guys listened to anything this week that you thought was worthy of sharing. I'm doing a lot of reading, and uh, I would just go to Wikipedia when I'm bored, and then I click random. It has what? a random button. Yep. There's a random button on Wikipedia? Yep. And I've no. gone down the craziest rabbit holes, no. and I've just been loving it. I've been loving it. Dude, don't every tell me that, man. I've been learning about. I'm just going to scroll through the tabs that I have open. So, Wikipedia, you click on the link, well, and then Amber, you click like, on. What's, like, what's, what's, what's the most oh interesting my God, thing random. You this week through that? <laughs> Yo, okay, so hold this up. Week? I yeah. just clicked random on Wikipedia, and it yeah. brought me to the Ogongo con- con- constituency. Which is an electoral constituency in the Omusati region in the northern part of Namaiba. And it has. <laughs> Namibia. <laughs> what the fuck? I think that's Southwest Africa. Dude. Uh... Namibia. Give it Amr. What's the most interesting thing? Just you last read week? This week through that. Oh, this week? Okay. Yeah. Um... Some... Well, just off the top of your head, like what's. Um, it was, it, it was probably, it was probably around the origins of anti-Semitism. That was like fascinating. And what did you learn? Okay. So, so I, I I'm not that well versed, but I, but I've read enough about this that I, I feel like I could hold a conversation on this. So let's talk about it. Well, it was just crazy how it started. And then how it just became like this thing that pe- it started because like um, uh, Christianity, like people who are like uh, the Roman Catholic Church basically said, you can't make money off interest. It's like ursary. I think the word is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like that wasn't in the Old Testament. So just Jewish people became those people. And that's literally the origin that, oh, like your Jewish people are good Dude, with money. 100%. Jewish people this are greedy. Are you serious, man? That's how it started. That's just how it started. Yeah. Austin, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But they were, but it's, well, I, but then it just keeps going and it's just like, 
year after year, different empires would, would try to well, like. Well, I mean, even use... look at Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. Yeah, but they would blame him that he was killed by Jews, and that was like a misunderstanding. And it's just like, and then the the guy behind the Reformation, Martin Luther, he first wanted like he he liked Jewish people. Then when he tried to convert them, and they said no, he like started hating on them. So like hard like he started just being absolutely just a bigot towards them and then you look at just conspiracy theories that that fall off from the anti-semitism route there's something called anti-semitic canard canard comes from like words like uh like myths or just sayings where you you have people saying and there's something called the anti-defamation league where it talks about how they control that the world financial system that Jewish people control the media, that um, Jewish people have a plan for world domination. Uh, it's just like that they want communism. And then if you can really like track and on Wikipedia, you can just keep clicking on each thing and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you can get to primary text where you can see maliciousness, where just people sat down and wrote malicious text to defame Jewish people. And it's just like, how well, that carried over. And it, I even got to the point where I, I saw it carry over and it, the Wikipedia page gave examples of it carrying over to the Middle Eastern world and how that was used as propaganda against Israel. But then they just like clumped up the entirety of Jewish people with Israel and how like Al Jazeera and all that would, would play and they would have people on Middle Eastern media saying bad things. I'm like, oh, that's why I heard some of that like dumbness when I was younger. It's like, that's where that came from. And it was just so cool to see how um i guess i don't like this word but like misinformation just got spread over time well through lack of information it's just like it's it's pretty fascinating Amber, when you think about it because okay so so cool yeah you're right with the, the origins of it if you think about it, it's like you can't loan out money in christianity it's called ursary it's it's a sin to collect interest basically so banking is then basically relegated to jews okay naturally and, and and like accounting and things like that so naturally over time the, it, so it, uh if you look at like in society uh you can kind of tell what the most prosperous industry is at any given moment by and this is kind of a very loose sort of metric but by what the tallest buildings are in society so if you look at back like you know at like the original i've know, heard this say, before like medieval yeah. times yeah like the church was usually you know was the tallest yeah. sort of you know, building in town, right? And so that was kind of like the biggest business, right? I mean, that's, if you think about it, that's where most of the, you know, the, the, the highest- Oh, and then, and then it was like the windmill. churches. The windmill, then the chimneys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Then, and yeah, exactly, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, the, the chimney stacks, right? The stacks, the yeah, yeah. Right now, it's basically banking and insurance companies, right? Right, so, you know, and then who knows what's next. But but point being, um, so, but then, so, that, so there's that. So, so Jews were kind of relegated to what ended up being extremely profitable industries over the course of time, right? Um, they also, interesting enough, were selected against. So effectively, every single time anything went wrong in society, specifically plagues or uh, economic crashes, the Jews were blamed because, of course, if anything went wrong with the economy, they well, they're the bankers. They're the ones that control the money. Of course, it's their fault. If there was ever a, um, if there ever was a uh, plague, the Jews tainted the water, right? Like that's just kind of the thing, right? So, and then of course you you can kind of go through time and and, and see where all these actually came about. 
all the way up until basically the Holocaust, right? But all throughout this entire time, Jews were basically prosecuted relentlessly. I mean, even if you look at what's really fascinating is if you look at the um, even the start of the uh, the Rothschilds family. So they started in uh, Frankfurt. They started. This is the craziest story. So the 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 the, the original uh, Rothschilds household was a four-story townhouse in a Jewish ghetto in Frankfurt because Jews were only allowed to uh, own property in what was called, I mean, it was called a ghetto, but it was basically just like a small little kind of area of the town and it was mostly row houses. And the Rothschilds owned the uh, third floor of this four-story four, four, uh, townhouse so it drove the prices of these properties up like crazy because if you were a Jew and you wanted to live in Frankfurt, you had to live in these row houses. So it got to the point where there was multiple titles on one property and it got really specific. So the Rothschilds were considered a reasonably well-off family because they owned the staircase. So like there was times where like if like someone on the fourth floor pissed off the Rothschilds, they'd say, well, you can't walk on our staircase anymore. And they're like, well, we need to fucking leave the house, right? And like... <laughs> things over who owned the kitchen like you know each room was almost owned by a different family it was crazy hell? right yeah 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 there was like i think at one point there was 13 families living in this four-story townhouse or row house is what they called them yeah okay so that's Jeez. fast i mean and you can see, see the rise of that family over time right um all the way so but but throughout history they were basically selected against and so my my great-grandfather uh sydney brownstein so Michael, because I don't know if you guys know, but my grandfather Michael, who's the one who made it to Lulu, right. uh, he's a Jew, and uh, and and so his father has this. I mean, it's a, it's fairly obvious theory, but basically, when he when you ask like you know he like I asked him like Sydney, how come you think Jews are so successful? He's like, well, if you think about it, basically throughout the last two thousand years or more, only the strongest Jews have survived. Like we've been selected against, right? Only the best of the best have survived. And of the best of the best, they've always been relegated to the most educated roles. So it's like they've, they've always been banking, accounting lawyers. The three industries that have been basically the most prosperous over the last 2,000 years. So it's, 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 it's really interesting. So it's like we, like we as a society, quote unquote, have built our own, like we built the myth, but all of the, all of the supporting evidence for the myth were we we also designed our like we we forced that, that upon the Jews and themselves like like this whole idea that oh the, the Jews run the banking system it's like well there's a lot of Jews in banking only because we forced them we into forced it, them right? so yeah it's, I think it's I think it's super fascinating yeah. right how that ended up about yeah and the, the, especially when you see some of the the breakdowns of some of the conspiracy theories yes. as well but go ahead the the, the root of all these conspiracy the- theories from 1903 onwards can actually be traced to a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was written by, uh, nobody knows who it's written by, but it was was written for a specific reason in Russia, which was to turn away Jewish people in the Bolshevik, like... Like it was like a a propaganda. It was a propaganda, but it went viral. And it was, so if you know anything about organizing a riot or organizing a movement, you need to have a common enemy. So when this little guy Adolf came around, he needed a common enemy to people to rally around, and there was already some of this anti-Semitism. The scapegoat. So yeah. they they just picked that the easiest scapegoat, which has been for thousands of years, 
you know, thanks to the Catholic Church and everything else, right? Um, and, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to fact check me, like, just look at what the Catholic Church has done during the Spanish Inquisition and all that. Like, there's just, like, a lot of shit that has happened that to, to cause everything against um, well, Amber, Jewish if you, people. Well, if Amber, if, if you are just, if you have It just blew my brain. It was just, it was so you good. Because I, I don't know if you remember, like, when I went on that, like, that random tangent where all I did was read about Jewish families. Yeah, yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, do you know uh, the author Niall Ferguson? Very familiar, yeah. I thought it was pronounced Neil. Yeah, the ascent. Maybe. I don't know. It could be Neil. Anyways, Niall. anyways, anyway. I've heard him say Niall, but either way. Um, he he wrote uh, the, the the House of... I actually have it right in front of me right now. I, actually, I just The House of Morgan? All the time. The House of, no, Roth, the House of Rothschild. Rothschild. No, the House of Morgan was written by Ron Chernow, which is also just over there. But no, the House of Rothschild is really good. And then he also wrote this other book called the i mean it's it's uh it's it's sorry it's not by nile but it, this one's by ron Chernow. it's called the warburgs fantastic book it's about the warburg family it also does a really good job of actually just kind of explaining american banking yeah. as well because like yeah anyway if you are into it those are great books yeah, yeah. wow but if you're but uh, austin i literally started from dark matter oh. to the four family the five uh mafia families in new york to learning about barbiturates to the Bilderberg meeting, to the Rothschild family, to the Antichrist, to anti-Semitic, the anti-Semitism, to like Lewis Linton, Michael Saylor, all the way till right now, I'm just reading all about Mormons and the Book of Mormon and where Mormonism comes from. It's just like so much Hammer, fun. you just keep hitting up on my topics. Do you guys know that I joined the Mormon church for like six months? I think you mentioned it once, like in passing years ago. Yeah, I, I was, I joined the Mormon church and I was like, you know, I gave it my fair shot for six months. Do you think the golden plates were real? No. Oh, okay, of okay, not. okay. Are you okay. kidding me? See, but no. the fact that I could Joseph's... ask you that question makes me proud. You know, no, dude, <laughs> Joseph. No, Joseph Smith. So Joseph like... Smith is the founder. So let's just explain to Austin. So Joseph Smith is the founder, pretty much of like the Mormon movement. He was born in eighteen. He discovered in the, 1800s. the Book of Mormon. It, yeah, he discovered. Sorry, um, and uh, part of the story is that he got enlightened when he was like around 14 to 16 years old went and uh once you explain John you're you're probably you're, you're probably well versed but there was like I mean I'm not that much more well versed than you Oh so he, yeah, he, he, basically, basically Jesus came down it, it, okay. no he saw God and Jesus at the same time and they were Wow I mean this is where maybe there's there's oh, there's, okay. there's different interpretations <laughs> oh, but basically Jesus came the down The personages okay. I've yeah but I've also heard someone say it was an angel too so it's you know No that but, it came later Anyways, go ahead. For the golden tablet. Well, I'm talking about the golden tablets. Oh, that's later. Yeah, that's later. Yeah, I forgot the name of the uh, the angel, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, effectively, I mean, well, if you know more than me, but basically, Austin Maroney, this guy named Joseph Smith. Yeah, Maroney. He, you know, he he claimed that he could have a relation that he had a relationship with Jesus and God. He was able to communicate with them, and basically, he found you know he he was given these golden tablets that that kind of similar like a like a Ten Commandments kind of gig. And uh, yeah, wrote the Book of Mormon, study, uh, practice Mormonism, uh, which is a sect of Christianity, effectively. And uh, Mormons were uh, persecuted, and they kept moving more and more west. And basically, every single time they moved, you know, one you know frontier over, uh, you know, different sects of Christianity were you know thought they were like kind of a cult, so they keep pushing them out. And uh, 
yeah and then basically they end up in utah i mean they yeah, moving west and west and then that's 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 the story of why there's so many mormons in utah 65 percent of utah are mormon 65 percent yeah, of the they population ended up, they end up moving i mean they basically just kept moving over and that's why they ended up in utah because that was yeah. supposed for, no, no one was willing to chase them as far as utah right yeah and then it ended with um uh internally they were fighting because this guy joseph smith was just like marrying everybody's wives and they was practicing polygamy so these men were like basically saying hey you're using this religion so you can just like sleep with our wives and he was like no i'm not and then they like tried to chase it tried to chase they posted oh yeah they published something in the newspaper and he shut down the newspaper and it was that that caused um the other tribe to like basically Mm. put take up arms that he's like he has the audacity they were kind of okay with the polygamy stuff but when he shut down the newspaper to spread like the the bad word uh quote unquote they they like just like shot him like they just shot him yeah in his cabin they shot him. yeah he like he was like he a, just he was jumping like, out like the window pretty sh- well-known yeah. con man well no, well-known con man and basically a womanizer yeah and that's why it's like it's pretty crazy if you think about it there's still a religion although Dude, the Mormon Church, I had never seen like such what they were so well organized. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah, so like I remember like like one of the things about Mormonism is this idea that I mean it's a really simple idea, but it's basically just a numbers game for them. It's like they, they they're playing the long game. So like I remember like going to like like class basically. Did you ever go on a mission classroom? John? No, I was not allowed to. I mean, yeah. Oh. But a yeah, mission. but so um, yeah, I'll explain. So basically, uh, when I was there, <laughs> the level of a video um, game, like because you would have like because you'd have like different classes. Like it was it was awesome. I mean, there was like personal finance classes. There was like entrepreneurship classes. It was great. I mean, they, it's a really good community. They had a gym. I played basketball with them. It was, it was a fun time, right? I mean, but there was different classes where they teach you about different ideas within Mormonism, right? And one of the ideas was basically like having as many children as possible was like a part of being a true Mormon. And the idea behind it was that like in order to spread Mormonism, because I was like, that was the thing. Like it was, it, they're, they're a very, like they're a very ambitious. They're a growth focused religion. <laughs> no, they are there. It's, it's a growth stock, man. And, and it, it's, it, it actually is the, I think it's the fastest growing, um, like, you know, percentage wise, it's the fastest growing, um, religion in the world. No idea. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't. No, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I mean, like in a sense that like, like some religions, like, you know, they're so big, it's like, it's hard to get more people. Like, you know, Muslims basically only grow by how many people are born in a Muslim, you know, in or sorry to Islam. Right. Like there's, there's yeah. no acquisition. Like, it's more, it's more, like, it's more interest. It's more interest than acquisition. Acquiring Muslims. Like you can't, isn't that a thing? You can't even become Muslim. Right? Yeah, you like, can. Yeah, you can. Like, sure. Okay. Okay. But they're, but they're not actively seeking you out there. Like they're not like an acquisition religion. No, okay, not in the Western like, world. Like, acquisition.com. Yeah. Yeah. Acquisition.com. Muslim acquisition. Either way. Yeah. The Muslim connection. Either way. Yeah. So see if that domain's open. Having as many kids as possible was a part of it because they like, well, look at if the if the birth rate in Canada is like in 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 North America is like one point nine, right? That means that it's a declining population and it's just immigrants, right? So then it's like it's like if we each have like six kids on average, if you like calculate this out to like two thousand, like you know twenty one hundred or whatever there'll be more Mormons as, as a, you know, like, so they were like playing the long game. Like they showed a chart and it was like 2,300 and it like showed the population. Yeah, but dude, they're, like, they're super strict about no alcohol, no coffee, 
Like no caffeine, dude, no tea. Dude, I and, know. And it's like I pretty the first awesome. Time, I really like it. Dude, I remember the first time I showed up to the church because like I had met like these these drinking uh, a coffee. Uh, these <laughs> no, I I did. So I showed up with like a fucking extra large. Like I literally, it was the craziest thing. I think it was hungover or something like that. And I just had like the biggest, most egregious <laughs> Tim Hortons coffee you've ever seen. And I remember out front too. I was like in my car, like waiting for the the the, the thing to start. And I was sitting in my car, like having a cigarette, drinking this coffee because I, I was smoking at the time fucking ha- you know like throw up my cigarette or whatever like you know a bunch of people like, and, like in the parking lot like, like tossing i'm like sitting, like leaning on my car just having to see you know yeah and uh and i come in with it just like sipping this fucking coffee and i remember this like old guy and they were so nice they're the, the nicest like, people hey, ever man, man. Like, they're so good oh nicest guy ever came over and like, he just explained to me like what was going on and i remember like i went to these classes uh and these different you know with the, with the missionaries like elder uh, elder norton and uh, elder claflin and and so i would go to these classes with them and they still do they still to this day hit me up with follow-up texts yeah like they have a crm that they're using or something it's crazy yeah yeah like i'll still get texts from them and 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 like and uh it's a client yeah, religious manager i don't know yeah because like so a part of it too is like when you uh basically in your late teens early 20s you go on a two-year missionary trip so and you get randomly assigned anywhere in the world you don't get the pick yeah, yeah. they just tell you where you're going they sometimes go to like brazil philippines as examples oh, dude, yeah. no no Amer. literally every country in the world i'm pretty sure has has mormons with the exception of like north korea i mean they, they basically go anywhere yeah. like anywhere you go you'll see mormons anyway how i got introduced to it was like there was these um these uh mormons that lived in my building these two males and uh Every single morning, these guys were so fucking dedicated. I was like, I was just, I was in love with these guys. It was Elder Claflin and Elder Norden. And they lived in your building? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I, I lived in this building downtown. Yeah. Like, what, what, this was, I was like, I was like 19 yeah. or something like that. And these guys, the one guy, so this is, this was their morning routine. So, I mean, they would get up and they would exercise and read the Book of Mormon. But they, like, these guys were like so ambitious about it. They were like doing it at the same time. So the one guy, would sit there on the front because I would go out every morning, you know, having my cigarette, like, you know, 530 in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, I'd be having my morning, my first morning sit, mm-hmm. right? And these guys would be on the front. Like, so I'd be like sitting there like on this like little kind of brick patio thing mm-hmm. in the front because you can't smoke on your balcony. Mm-hmm. So the walk down and have my morning cigarette and I'd maybe have one or two. And these guys, you know, and I had my coffee and these guys would be on the front lawn. And the one guy was doing sit-ups while reading the book of Mormon. No like, he was way, like, dude. I'm not even fucking, dude. dude I'm they're not they're machines, man. And I'm telling you. Dude, so the guy would be doing, sitting there doing sit-ups while reading the book of Mormon. And he would like finish like 50 sit-ups, put the book down. And then he would, the other guy would come and pick up his book and do sit-ups while reading the book of Mormon. And then the, and then the other guy would do sprints. So he would do sprints. So one guy was doing sprints while the other guy was doing sit-ups. And then they would do push-ups together. And I'm not even fucking with you. The guy put the book down and like had like little page weights to hold the book open and was doing push-ups while fucking reading the Book of Mormon. And I remember like having a fucking <laughs> cigarette and be like, dude, these guys are fucking it. You know? Like <laughs> So I walked over one morning and I was like, dude, okay, what the fuck is up? Like, you guys are you're fucking with me, right? There's no way like because it was a couple mornings in a row. I was like, man, there's no way these guys are gonna hold this shtick up, right? And I'm not kidding, dude, for like a solid month. So I finally walk up, I'm like, okay, what the fuck's your guys' gig, right? And they told me, well, do you believe in God? I said, Well, probably not, right? And so we kind of go through this whole thing. <laughs> and, and and so we went through this whole thing and like yeah man I I was like you know what I, I and I loved I loved the guys I even like went for like missionary walks with them so like I would like 
know, put on a nice outfit and like walk downtown Kelowna and like talk, you know, talk about God with people. And it was just like a good experience, man. Like I liked these guys. I became friends with them. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good experience, right? It is, dude. So uh, this is this is currently, so here, here's where I'm at in terms of like, you know, seeking like a wife, you know? So I was, I once saw this video on like TikTok like a year ago of like a, a house party, but like all the girls were like, kind of my ideal avatar like just white girls blonde eyes you know i'm like where is this i'm going in the comments i was like oh this is utah like making fun of utah and then i'm reading and i'm reading all about like mormons and how like disciplined they are and how much like work ethic they have i'm like i might actually just have to fly to utah just find me a wife and ship her back here you know it's just like dude that might be the move (laughs) although mormons try to marry within the mormon yeah no i know i know i gotta work on my sales pitch i'm still early in here um yeah. yeah mormons are legit um God, yeah basically where, where it got where it got really tricky and testy with me it was near like kind of near my end they wanted me to pay a 10 percent tithe tithe what is that of all your earnings yeah, yeah. well so that so so I, I remember sitting down with uh tithe. it's with, a royalty what man the hell I'm is a tithe it was a royalty it was a it's a tithe like you tithe you, i've you, never heard that word before how do you spell that t-i-e t-i-t-h-e t-i-t-h-e Either way, I remember them asking for ten percent tithe, and I remember like sitting down with the pastor, and I was like, "Is that off the gross or the net? Like, that's that's a lot of money, right?" Same. And uh, it's net, yeah. obviously, it's net, right? Uh, well, they say that that it's between you and God. Mm. Oof! What a great objection, which is, <laughs> not, <laughs> dude. I know, which is that's not the, the case. Though, that's the right? ultimate. So that's the ultimate, just, dude. That's yeah. the ultimate. That's the ultimate objection handle. No, but I'm I'm, like, I'm reading about this because, and I'm reading about all these different religions. I'm like, like, why can't one person just be multiple religions? Like, why do you have to just be tied down to one? So, like, I, I no, 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 no. I don't think that's really the case. But I mean, but I mean, obviously, they try and promote that for various well, reasons, right? It also started getting funky too because there was this whole. I mean, and and this is I'm going to explain this in kind of a somewhat shitty way, but I don't and I don't mean to. It's just like I, I kind of loosely forget. But one of the ideas too was like that when you died you would become effectively you would become the god of your own planet mm. uh, did, did they mean that literally yeah like, oh, lit- like literally planet your god yeah oh interesting well okay yeah well like the whole idea was that if you like heaven to them was having your own planet yeah which you can do if you own like a meta quest and you can you know going through the meta- yeah, meta- meta- horizon worlds which by the way <laughs> yeah. yeah i uh watched my first uh live mma event in the metaverse what really yeah dude where yeah. were you sitting I were you sitting to... in the crowd no you can no you can't be you were sitting like in no, a room so no 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 so what so what it was was like so first of all one like i uh went to like horizon venues and so i'm like in this huge courtyard and there's all these people around me different avatars and whatever so i have my avatar everyone else have their avatar and you can just talk and listen to people, right? So it's like... And you're wearing you know, your you Oculus around. headset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like walking around in like this big courtyard. And, there's, and, and you know, on the outskirts of like this huge courtyard are like these different like theaters and you can walk into them. And, and it has like a big billboard that shows you what's playing. Like there was like a Foo Fighters concert. There was an MMA event. There was like an underwater, underwater diving event. And there's all different events that you could go to, but there was also like this courtyard where you could basically just meet people and you could just kind of walk up and be like, hey, what's your name? And the person's, and you're just chatting with them, right? And you can see their hands, like, you know, you, so they can, you know, make hand movements and stuff like that. And they can 
you can see like where their eyeballs are and where their head is like so like you know you can tell when someone's listening What's, or not is this vr chat or no no this is horizon, horizon. venue okay okay horizon is it free horizon's like this yeah wow where where, where, yeah, where, right where, does, where does the money go like how do you watch the ufc event for free well i mean that's why they're probably losing 10 billion dollars a year oh this. yeah but either way um <laughs> <laughs> but either way so then like you know after you're kind of like done you can walk over and so i walk into the theater and and then i'm like looking around and and i remember like i was sitting there and then this guy kind of walks up and, and and it's 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 spatial audio so like if someone's behind you yeah and they talk they're actually like the, the it, it it plays the so yeah. then you like turn around you know and you're like what oh. and I remember this guy's like oh follow me so i like followed him up and we like walk up to this platform and so basically like so imagine like the octagon right and then like right above where the plastic is on the top of the octagon you know like playing yeah. around there's like because you're like kind of it's kind of hard to explain but you're kind of like a mini human like so like there's like a viewing platform that i'm on that like has a bunch of like chairs and like seating area and like a railing and so i walk up to the railing and 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 this other guy and i and we're both we're like you know hanging onto the railing like looking over and it's like and right in front of us like look you know we're not looking down because we're like right mm-hmm. in the octagon like I'm, I'm talking like right like imagine someone rested a camera on top of the mm-hmm. octagon that's where we are at and these guys like i can hear these guys kicking each other i can even hear them talking shit like that's how close you are the best experience i've ever had watching mma and this wasn't even ufc it was far superior i mean so one, I mean, I could walk around the ring a little bit to kind of like get different angles and things like that. But like, was it photorealistic? Was it real? Oh no, it was an actual MMA event. No, no, no. It was like it was it was called One FC. It's like it's 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 a competitor to UFC, but in Asia. Oh, and they have no, and they have three sixty cameras around the octagon. So when you yeah, walk around, fight. so when you walk yes, around, it was you a get real to, fight. Yeah, it was a real fight. Yo, that's and, interesting. And, and so, and uh like it, yeah it was it was a real fight like i mean it, but so ufc is going to do this too like dana white announced that they're gonna have a fight in the metaverse bro that's cool that's cool yeah that's nice unreal is meta is and meta gone boxing. up at all i've been boxing in the mornings i've been getting my workout in yeah dude i might need to buy yo so john are you telling me that if i buy an oculus headset can you and i like hang out in the metaverse Oh yeah, dude, guys, by the way, so I, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out by the end of the, in the next month, I'm going to figure it out. But basically there's an app. So whether I got, whether or not you guys have headsets, um, we're going to start doing our podcast in the metaverse. It's just a thing because I didn't sign up for I this. Be, so just let's everybody. No, 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 no. Great. Ammer. Cause nothing's going to change. For okay. You. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> because yeah. So there's a thing called uh horizon work, uh, workroom. So basically it just, it would just be like this and we can record it and whatever. And, uh, but yeah, they're like, basically I, but the cool thing is like, we would be in the room together and there'd be spatial, spatial awareness of, you know, I mean, for you guys, I'd be less immersive, but for me, I'd be in the room and I could get up and I could walk around and, and you guys could see my head movements and our hands, but it'll make it, I think for a, a, a far superior podcasting experience because we can see each other's lips move. Yeah. Which we can do on zoom. Not really though, because we're not really ever making eye contact. Like, try and make eye contact with me. Like, try, like, try and actually like feel like you're looking in my eyes. Yeah, I'm looking at you. 
No, no, you're looking at me, but like, do you feel me looking back? Like, it's hard to like. I guess if I no, like, guys, we're never actually am... like, looking each other in the John, eyes. Can you send me the link to the headset you bought? No, but Amber, I'm not looking. But do you, do you actually feel like I'm looking you dead in the eyes right now? Because I don't feel like you're looking at me in the eyes. Like you're looking somewhere, but it's not. It's not here. You know? It's not in. <laughs> so you want me to? Right? So you want me to look at you like this? No, but Amber, you're kind of looking like up this way. Really? Not, I'm like, still not, missing. Yeah. Well, Amber, like, like, do I, do you feel like I'm looking at you? <laughs> no, you don't, right? That's what I, that's okay, what I'm trying right, to say, right? right? right. Austin, yeah. what were you gonna say? John, can you send me the link to your uh, where you bought your headset? Best Buy. So is it just what's it called? The Oculus. It's the Y? same price everywhere. It's called the Oculus Quest Two. They sell it at a loss. <laughs> yeah. so, okay, no, it's still expensive. Just because he says no, no, that it's, doesn't no, no. mean anything. I know. I'm still. I'm saying it's expensive, but I'm for everyone that's like, oh man, they're making so. No, no, they're they're losing money every time you buy one of these things. Okay, so I don't think anybody listening to this yeah. podcast has ever said, oh, this is too expensive. They're making too much money off me. I think that's just a bad. No, mindset. no, no, no. That's but, just a terrible but, but my, the, No, no. The point that I'm trying to make though is that you're not paying some massive markup on the technology. Like you're actually getting the technology at a loss. Like they're losing money to sell you these things. Like I, I'm saying that's got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. It's not, you know, so it's, yeah. All right, cool. John, did you get the, uh, the, the two fifty six gigabyte one? No, one twenty five. And is it? Rich. But is it that? Uh, <laughs> it's three ninety nine. Is it that different though? Like in terms of uh, like what you get to do over time. The reason why I didn't get the two fifty six is I don't I don't plan on using mine really that much. Right. And like, like, like I like I don't plan on like you know. And if I do, I'll just buy another one, right? Right. But I'm trying to not use it for obvious reasons. I don't want this to become a distraction. I'm using it more just for like just kind of participating in the experience of, of what this whole metaverse gig is and i'm the, now that i'm using this thing i'm you know it's 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 very interesting I'm, I'm very excited for you guys to try it whether it's mine or you get your own because it's it's one of those ones where when i say this out loud it's going to sound like okay whatever john just you know it's very obviously the direction that we're heading now whether that means it's profitable whether that means that Meta Platforms is the largest player in that, you know, there's no claims that way. And and how long this is going to take or where we're at in the cycle, no fucking clue. So there's no, I'm not making any predictions or anything like that. Other than this seems like it's obviously where we're going. It's just, you, you put the headset on, you're like, oh, okay, this is, yeah, this this will improve. Gotcha. This, this will is be, the risk. This will be good. Yeah. So does it come with yeah, Well, yeah, the same, dude, the same way that the like, first time I drove a Tesla, I was like, oh, yeah, this is way fucking better than the like, like, this is like, <laughs> like, the, like the first time I drove a yeah. Tesla, I was like, this isn't even like remotely close. Like, this is so far superior to my gasoline car. It's hilarious. Like, I was like, what? Like, I was like, this is ridiculous how much better this is. Okay. When I put on the Oculus Quest 2, it was, it was as, it was that, it was as, Epic is put driving the Tesla. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is way far. This is far superior than what we're doing currently. Yeah. Gotcha. I have to say, here's another thing too. The, the social norms in the metaverse are, are fascinating. They're different, to me. right? Yeah, dude. So like, I like so like at a coffee shop today. I just like did like a bit of like a social experiment, which I kind of knew this was gonna work out this way. But like, I just walked up to a random. I, like a random like there was these two people and i just randomly walked up and just stood there and started listening to them and they were like excuse me i was like oh i'm sorry i just kind of got distracted and i kind of walked away because it was awkward wow right? whereas in the metaverse you can 
very normally walk up to people in the metaverse and listen to their conversation and and there's it's not like it's not a weird thing dude i just i just want you to know john i just ordered it yeah there's different dude yeah there's different <laughs> rules in in the in, in the metaverse than in in the in the real world like socially and and i, and I but so no. that's what i'm i'm wait you just ordered I'm, it I'm totally interrupting you, John, but you can't just slide that in there. Did I you ordered, just actually pay yes, four hundred dollars? I just ordered it. Ammer, oh, you're the only one that's not embracing. The I will not. I, it's just too distracting. If you're listening to this and considering no, no, Ammer, this, you Ammer, should no, 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 you should no, no, go Ammer. read a book. No, you should no, no, get no, off. Ammer. No, no, Ammer. Yes, Ammer. yes, I, yes, no, no, Ammer. No, 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 no. It's not. I, I promise you, like Ammer, I, I have one. I'm not tempted to go use it. Like it's it's the future, but I like it's it's not like it's not like it's. I'm but not, when like, you do not, use it, my future. When you do use it, it sucks all your focus and attention. It's like a black hole. All it, your no, it vision. does. No, it does. But I still I still prefer the physical world. But I can see why, for for a lot of people, like like for example, my habits. Like here's what I'm saying. My habits aren't based. Like I don't I don't use social media. Like I don't watch YouTube, but. If you did, this is way fucking better. Like, there's no doubt, dude. Watching YouTube in the metaverse. John and I are gonna start. A to- there's no doubt. Oh. Heroin hits harder than cocaine. I totally get it. Yeah, I'm just not saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that heroin. I just don't. Need no, no. I'm not saying. Ever, no, Amber, this is not ever, heroin, ever. cocaine. Because I don't. I don't think. I don't think. John, John, is, this is, is what's happening. Okay, you and I are speaking very pragmatically about what the Quest a headset and the VR experience can do for us and. It augments our reality, and we're able to just put it down and be done with it. Amber, on the other hand, does not view himself as being capable of that. Amber doesn't have the discipline. So, no, therefore, no. you know. Fair enough. You know, you know Amber, fair enough, though, are, because, I mean. You guys are assholes. No, no, Listen, if, if I Amber do got, have the discipline. If Amber got a quest, he would be on it for, like, dude, like, we'd come back on the podcast. <laughs> if Amber discovered VR porn, Amber, we'd come back on the podcast, and Amber's left arm would be, like, three times. He'd be like this. Like, he'd be, like. I think Futurama had an episode on that. No, that was Quagmire in Family Guy. Oh, Quagmire! That's amazing. Yeah. Do you remember that? Where his left arm was super jacked? Cause, yeah. Because like, because like they're like, because like that's like, because uh, wasn't it like Quagmire? They're like, he like hadn't heard of porn. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, they like, don't know porn. Yeah, you just look it up. He's like, what? And he like, yeah. He's like, go home and just look up porn. He's like, goes up, comes back, his arms just jacked. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't like, I don't like VR porn though. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 it it honestly feels like you're cheating. Like so, I don't like it. I told Trisha that. I was like, I'm not gonna watch VR porn. Damn. There you go. It's it's that real. It's dude. Crazy. I feel like I just ordered. Yeah, no, so I'm not, I'm I feel interested. like I just ordered a new dimension on Amazon. Yeah, you did, dude. It's yeah. It's you just found another way to rob your focus and attention. Oh, Amber, congratulations, come on, bro. Amber, You're on I'm the path of making the most money and being no, the most successful, no, having your no, most no, successful no, year. No, no. And you said, you know what? No. Give me the biggest anchor you can find <laughs> and the thickest rope. Wrap okay, it well, you know whatever you know whatever no. i'm gonna come to the podcast next week hopefully i get it before next sunday and uh and, and and i'll tell you honestly if i think it's a threat and if i think it's a threat i'll return it I'll, i'm i'm not here to austin what's what's your sc- phone screen time right now on instagram and youtube for the last week. amber the difference amber the, the reason why the um the uh headset is not what you think it is is because the headset like for example like the headset is not integrated into my life currently so there's not like like what i would mean have, like, every I morning bed, like, it's integrated to your morning routine no 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 no. i don't use it every morning i don't use it every morning well that's what you told me you were gonna do so 
Ammer. I guess look you at, dude, obviously, you know, you're smart enough to know that habits take longer to build than fucking. Yeah, but you want it to be a habit every morning. Yeah, you get, slap yeah, on a headset. I don't use it every damn morning. But anyway, okay, get, <laughs> hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. Um, uh, it's not. It, it's interesting because it's like in the same way that like I use my my headset as much as I would use a TV. Like it's like I don't like like my TV is unplugged and it's put in the corner. Like my 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 headset's not even it, like it's dead right now. Like I'd have to go charge my headset, right? Whereas like a phone is a totally different thing because a phone is in your pocket. Like so, I I'm fascinated to find out when we'll get headsets that are integrated into our life. Like imagine if it was like you just like like had it like and it just flipped down or something like that like that that i think is like the that would be like that would be when i would get scared oh man but in the in its current form it's you'd have to like purposely go out of your way to actually try and get yourself in that in trouble i don't know the whole point of that vr that piece of technology it's there to make you use it it's it succeeds when you use it why would you ever introduce another piece of equipment, another piece of technology no, 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 into no, no. your Ammer, life Ammer. No, 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 that's no, no, going to no, fight no, for no, your no, attention? No, no, it's like Ammer. buying no, no, another no, no, iPhone no, 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 that buzzes no, no, louder, no, no. that has no. better Ammer, visuals. You're, you, no, no, you're wrong. No I think we're just sense. defining it differently. No, Ammer, you're wrong. No, no, Ammer, you're totally wrong. You're, 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 you're totally wrong. Like, I, I, Man, I just hope so. No, no, Ammer, no, Ammer, Ammer. No, no, you're totally looking at this the wrong way. Ammer, do you have a phone? I do. Okay, Ammer, why do you have a phone? uh out of a necessity for faster communication okay but amber the phone and the headset i don't think you understand they're the same thing exactly yeah so why don't you get rid of your phone i wish that's like, i'm really working hard to do that i've turned it Fair i enough, turned it black but, and white you, i but, removed but most amber, apps. But you see it's... where i'm amber here's the thing this is what i'm trying to say okay so right now every single time someone turns on their phone they're transporting to a virtual world but it's 2d all the headset is is a 3d immersive version of the iphone it's the same thing yeah i'm just saying there's a lot more beauty in the in the real world to be had other than entering and adding another world i don't know i i just i we're totally we're totally in the weeds here we're not talking about the same thing right now you and i are having the same conversation We're, we're talking past one another Maybe, maybe I'm being closed. Well, no, I I think that what you think the metaverse is is not what it actually is. I'm just it's I, a 3D internet. No, no, but it's not. I, but what I'm saying is, I'm even more skeptical about buying better headphones. Like I'm even more okay, skeptical hey, fair on enough, that. Man. Fair enough, man. Like but 3D like, sound is just like I don't know. I do my stock research now in the metaverse. It's far superior. It's not. Like, so can you acknowledge that, like, that you are a different breed of person that maybe just no, maybe Ammer, you having Ammer, that no, i would i would know Ammer. i would actually argue that this could be the great reset where we all reestablish our boundaries with the new technology like think about the habits that i have with my phone are not the same habits that i have with my headset Dude. it's a totally different thing yeah. i don't check my headset every fucking 10 minutes yo I check my phone every 10 minutes. I'm looking through this. It's a habit. And uh, so my. It's a different thing. Buddy. I spend less than an hour a day on social media. So it's like I have seven hours on Instagram for the week and 15 minutes for the week on Snapchat. Oh, that's pretty good. Damn. You're way better than I thought. That's sick. But bro. the thing. That's actually, that's actually amazing. Well done. The, but the thing that I'm really pissed off about right now is that um, last week. I received 621 text message notifications. 
Like on Monday alone, I received 284 texts. That's a lot. Like, how Damn, am I? Damn, bro, that's a that's a crazy way to live your that's life. That's 88. Te- that's 88 texts a week. A, a 89 Arrow a day. No, eight. No, 89 texts a day. And then if you divide, but I would say that 621, well, so, I bet most of those, I would say 80% of those probably came. So I would say 500 of those were probably during the five days. So yeah. that's, that's 100. If you divide that by a 10 hour workday, that's, that's 10. That's, 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 that's crazy. That's what it looks like <laughs> to be like starting a new business, running three roofing crews. Yeah, that's one every six yeah. minutes. Every six minutes you get a text. Dude, see, that's, this is what's pissing me off. Cause when Amber challenged me to pull up my screen time. I was like, yeah, no worries. I know I regulate my social media use like fairly diligently. But then I'm realizing that like email, I still spend 30 hours a week on my phone, but 80, 75 to 80% of it's email and texts. So I'm just like, I'm not actually limiting. Like, man, I just want to lock this in a box and get like a flip phone and give my number to Mark and like maybe three other people and then see what happens <laughs> you know like well that, just, so that's interesting enough that's actually why i do my stock research inside the metaverse because th- there's no notifications that see, i can get like that's I'm, the shit i like to dude, hear Amber, okay Amber, i like I'm, to hear that i like to hear that that's kind of <laughs> interesting Amber, to me that's Amber, hear me or out. Amber, hear or me out. you get a drawer and you put your phone Amber. in a drawer yeah i'm down hear me out i'm there. down to get the Amber, drawer. my phone I get email notifications. I'm tempted to check my email, my phone, even if it's in a drawer, it might make, you know, maybe if Trisha calls me, it gets buzzed. Here's the thing. I'm also in my office. There's different distractions that can happen. The lawnmower that's going, okay. When I'm in the metaverse, I put my headset on. I'm in a dome overlooking this beautiful mountainscape. There's a fire off to my left. I'm sitting on this beautiful couch. It's a huge glass dome. If I lean back and look up, I can see the stars and I can see shooting stars. It's gorgeous. And then I have these three giant monitor monitors that I can move around any way I want. And I can have, you know, I can have Smith and Weston over here and I can be looking through all of its all of its financials. I could pull up a different company right over here. I could compare the two. I could look at okay, here their return of cap their return on invested capital. I can compare the line for line. I can drag the numbers across the screens. It's fucking way better. It's and and I'm in a totally different universe. I have no idea what's going on. I'm transported to this beautiful fucking random mountain escape doing stock research. No longer, you know what I mean? It's just a totally different place. It's amazing. I've literally never been more less distracted in my entire life. When you talk about I the forget. mountains and the fireplace and the stars, that's like everything that's not the work. Like, I wonder no, what no, Marcus but- Aurelius would say about this. I think he would just say something like, Oh, I guess that I no, guess you no, can no, get a no, VR headset. No, Amber, you're totally taking or, this out of context. Or you can just sit no, down and do the work. Amber, no, I, I think you're Amber. Look at there's a reason why Warren Buffett doesn't go to a fucking Starbucks to do his stock research. Okay, he goes to his fucking office and he closes the blinds. The blinds have been closed for fucking forty five years. Okay, my point being is that the environment that I'm in is far it's far, far more conducive. Okay. Yeah, you control the things you can control. If you can control your environment and, and there's one that's far superior, then you would you would do that. Okay. Oh, if, okay now, you gotcha. wouldn't want to be a slave to it. You wouldn't want to be a slave to it. That's what Marcus Aurelius would say. Don't become a slave to the metaverse. What, wouldn't wouldn't a better it. long-term solution be instead of relying on like a headset, just maybe cleaning up your environment or moving to a different place? <sighs> Ammer, it's it's one of those ones where maybe, okay, but all I'm doing is I'm sharing my experience of so far, mm. 
it's been pretty fucking phenomenal. Guys, I'm gonna have a hard out. That's pretty cool. I'm gonna have a hard out at 10 p.m. here. Um, I actually have a pretty hard out as well. So let's just pop off this whack versus wise. Let's just do this. All right. By the way, I just want to say I actually had so much fun today talking to you guys that I actually did not mind not eating, and I'm just starting to eat two hours after when I could have. Unreal. Because of and I've only had two sips of water. That's how much I enjoyed this conversation. Jesus. You're that into anti-Semitism, hey? Wow, okay. Good to know who you are. What? He said you're that that's, into anti-Semitism. I feel, like I feel like that's what you just, I feel like that's what no, you no, just no, did no, to no. me with the We Marcus were talking about bullshit. his business and the domain and all that <laughs> shit, right? No, 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 I'm yeah, just teasing. I, I said, I feel like that's what Amber just did to me with Marcus Aurelius. He's like, how would you feel about Marcus Aurelius? You know the man? <laughs> what? I'm so confused. Yeah. What? Like, t- t- like you're, you sewered me. I sewered you. Yeah. What do you mean? Okay. I'm looking through my quotes. All right. Find one. There's no sewering here. Baby Keem. Yeah, this is Baby Keem, Orange Soda, 26 million views on YouTube. Can you uh, check Austin? How many on Spotify? If you just type in Baby Keem and look at his, uh, like, you, it, it should be there. I'm going to guess, like, 50 million. Thirteen million. Mm. Damn, that's crazy. All right, here we go. Okay. Baby Keem. Yeah. Baby Keem. Can you guys hear this? Yeah. Okay, so my little baby, low-key a flexor, six figs on the whip, that's a price tag. Little best friend bitch tried to press me. I'm that underground N-word with the check, though. I hate a bitch that I can't impress. When you see, or when you come see the crib, you better die, ho. (laughs) Young N-word sneaking in through your side door. Baby Keem, not a wave, I'm a vibe, ho. Seven fig N word with the big drip on me. Yeah. 
post on your block with your wish list on me. Bitch, sit on my face. I attack that. Shoes up, little junt. I'm a finna pack him. When it comes to my bitch, I'm straight active. Dirt ball in the coop, smoking cat piss. Little bitch, shut the fuck up. Tell your best, best friend, shut the fuck up. A. Little bitch, shut the fuck up. Tell your best friend, shut the fuck up. A. There you go. Okay, that or... Who's baby Keem going up is, against? Uh, so it's a book called The University of Berkshire Hathaway. 30, lessons oh. of, uh, 30 years of lessons learned from Warren Buffett Uh-oh, and Charlie Munger. Oh, baby Keem. From the annual shareholder meetings. And this is Charlie Munger. Wow. So with a fascinating bit of history, Munger explained that it is tricky attempting to predict what changes in technology will do. The development of the streetcar led to the rise of the department store. Since streetcar lines were immovable, it was thought that the department store had an unbeatable position, offering revolving credit and a remarkable breadth of merchandise. The department store was king, yet in time, while the rails remained, the streetcars disappeared. People moved to the suburbs, which led to the rise of shopping of the shopping center and ended the dominance of department stores. Now, the internet poses a threat to both. Mm. But I think it just kind of goes to show, right? Like if you, you know, at one point living on a river was super vital, mm-hmm. right? And then then it was canals and then it was railroads and then streetcars, right? So it's just it, I just find it fascinating just how now it's, it's living near a Wi-Fi what connection. Comes next. Yeah, right yeah but but it's it's super interesting right and then yeah so it's just predicting technology seems to be the loser's bet yeah right yeah yeah all right boys anyway boys yeah good uh good chat thoroughly enjoyed that the time passed because we were having fun and uh oh yeah yeah salute good night everybody good night everybody have a beautiful time mm. I still don't remember where that's from. Hey, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.